Welcome to the Nick and Matt Show. Bringing the player interviews you want to hear and the hot topics you want to discuss. Recording live in studio, here's Nick and Matt. That's kind of funny. Um, we didn't hit record? No. It. <laughs> I love how that's what you come in. Didn't it record? No, it's kind of funny. I feel like sometimes it changes up how it does the intro, and it's not supposed to be random, but it kind of was. Ah, so. Gotcha. Oh, so we actually are live. I think we are. We? Nice. Yeah, I, I we're mean, live. Bro. I don't know. We're live. It looks like it. We're li- it looks like we're going. You know, to the people that listen to us the next day, we're always live to them. Like whenever they click That's play, it's point. live. All right. Realistically, though, welcome everybody to another wonderful Monday night. This is episode 132. Matt, somehow, some way, we've made it to episode 132. We're going to have guests that we've had on before in the past, and this episode is also presented by Cosmic DG. And one quick thing to say about Cosmic DG: Dave over there is running some incredible things. He's actually helping TDs make money from running tournaments, which I think if you are volunteering your time to run a tournament, you deserve to be compensated in some sort of way. Cosmic Dave is helping out with all that. So if you want to look into that, check him out at CosmicDG.com. And I'm sure Steve can actually, one of the events is being held over at Maple Hill, and I'm sure Steve will be able to touch on that a little bit later. Exactly. Now. So Steve Dodge is, is in the house, but let's welcome uh, Evan, not intern Ben. We'll talk about it. Intern Ben's gone, guys. I'm pushing the buttons yeah. tonight. Yeah. I don't know how I'm going to make it through. Uh, we Evan, fired him. How's it going? It's going good. It's just so much more relaxing this episode. You know, I don't have to, just the energy is lower. No, I'm just joking. We're missing Ben, but, uh, yeah, we, we, I mean, speaking of energy being lower, we had no like tour events this weekend. It kind of was a break. I'm weather's getting nice. I'm sure we're getting to, we're getting to spring. We're getting outside a little bit more. Uh, I don't know. Good stuff all around to get a little, little off week from the tour before we get into a a big stretch here. All right. We're going to tease them for just a minute here, Steve. Oh, why? Oh, Simon Lazat is up there. Oh, he'll be there at some point. Whoa, Whoa, spoiler. (laughs) That was a mistake. Simon Lazat will be in, not in studio, but he'll be on the show at some point. And in studio, crunch, you're hearing the ASMR crunch of an ice cream cone. That is, yeah, there it is. Mm, Wonderful. That's Steve Dodge in studio. Last time he came in with pints of ice cream for everybody. I was I was gonna rass him tonight and say where's the ice cream, but he's like da da da. I got ice cream cones. I only brought cones because I haven't had dinner yet. Nice. Hey, nice. Good. Good substitute. But the reason why you didn't have dinner yet is because you want to have dinner later. Correct. Yeah, I think just, that makes just sense. made a very special dinner tonight, and uh, and I'm like I'm gonna come home and eat it. There you <laughs> it's go. true. Yeah. I offered him beef stew. He's like, no, no, no. I've got a great dinner at home. So. He's going to be thinking about that. It's a, it's a salmon with like a mango avocado sauce over top of it with and some jalapenos in there. Ooh. You have the salmon on there. It has some rub. I don't know what it is. And then you put the sauce on it and yeah, just melts. Thank you. Thank you, Jess. Love you. Melts like the ice cream cone in your hand. All right. It is going down. You get back to eating that. Uh, Evan, what do you got for us on an update tonight? Anything special? I know throw down the mountain happened. What else did we miss? Yeah, we had numerous A tiers this past weekend. Uh, Throw down the mountain maybe is the most uh, notable of them. Uh, Paul McBeth playing in that event, uh, and also the newly purchased co-owner of that course, along with Dylan Cease, that we found out last episode. Uh, but Paul McBeth, of course, played in the Throw Down the Mountain. If you haven't heard yet, he won Throw Down the Mountain. Um, Coverage is out, so there is no spoiler. 
coverage is out, so I don't want anyone freaking out in the chat. <laughs> there we go. Thanks, anyways, Nick. back to Evan. I'm not one to say that. I'm just going to say what happened and all the cool info, no matter what. <laughs> no uh, matter what. But yeah, Paul McBeth takes it down. Uh, it was close to some young guns. Uh, it was Sullivan Tipton. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I haven't heard of that name before, but he's making some good strides there. And Joseph Anderson, uh, who, fun fact, I was actually almost going to leave this for ABCs. Fun fact, has had an 1,100 round more recently than Paul McBeth. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's pretty cool. It happened the couple days after Paul McBeth's 1,100 rated round at Memorial last year in 2022. Um, but th- notably, the field was a little bit weaker throw it on the mountain. Uh, I, I put out that it was the first time that Paul McBeth has played throw it on the mountain without another 1020 or higher rated player in the field. Uh, Calvin Heinberg's played that. Usually he took this year off from it. Uh, Natalie Ryan wins an FPO. Uh, we, of course, have talked about that a lot. She is still eligible to play um, below tour level events in FPO. So she takes it down there. There's events all over the country. There's the Daniel Bow Memorial in California, which is an A-tier. Drew Gibson wins that. Um, there was the... 30th annual city of mobile championships down in Alabama. And if I say Alabama, who's going to take down a random a tier down there. Everyone's going to guess Matthew Orem. And that would be correct. He takes it. Matty down. O. <laughs> o. Uh, another name that we heard of last year at USDGC, Jake Mon. Uh, he won the Seneca spring fling. Uh, presented by Dismania down in South Carolina. There's eight, eight tiers all over. There's one in North Carolina, one in Pennsylvania, uh, Shout out to the one in Pennsylvania, Idaho. buddy of mine, Matt Hammerston won it. So pretty awesome. But we can kind of get a little bit. There's a story to go with that later on once we get into more different subjects that I will harp on. But for now, Evan. Yeah, no, that's about it. There's a lot of A tiers, and I'm sure there's a lot of YouTube coverage. I think the notable one again is the disc golf guy doing all things through it on the mountain. Uh, we mean with Paul McBeth there throwing some amazing shots. I saw some of the highlights from that. Incredible. Uh, just that that well he's like on, I, I mean it's thrown on the mountain there's elevation there surprisingly for florida that one where he's kind of elevated par four kind of cuts right and then back left in the woods and he just parks it sure it's an easier par four but still just to park that on a par four for the eagle incredible if you haven't seen it go check out the youtube coverage of it i think that was in round one um but yeah it an off week we get into music city this this weekend back on the disc golf pro tour uh it's up to the elite level in nashville but that's all I got for the recap. All right. So uh, you you missed one very important recap. Oh, we had give it on, to me, Nick. We had on a guest last week, good buddy of ours, Dylan Cease, opening day pitcher for the Chicago White Sox, absolutely pitched a gem of a game. Ten strikeouts. I know we're talking baseball now. Evan could probably give you some more legitimate stats, but ten strikeouts played absolutely incredible. The White Sox actually did go on to win that game. So that was awesome. It's it's weird, man. Like I'm not like a I'm a baseball fan of the Red Sox mm-hmm. primarily. I remember back like the 04, 07 years and all like the World Series craziness with Big Poppy and like you go back mm-hmm. farther, obviously, than that. But like I actually sat down on opening day to not watch the Red Sox, but to watch the White Sox so I could mm-hmm. see Dylan pitch. It was weird. And that's all I can say. Is like my wife comes out and she's like, Yeah, I'll watch it too. And I'm like, it's just weird because I feel like I knew the guy before baseball because I never like met him or knew about him before bringing him on the show. And so I feel like I know him in a different way now. Just it, it was cool. Really, really cool thing. So, 
All right. Well, I got one Dylan C stat that okay. I'll share. I'm sure I could find a few more. Uh, Dylan Cease became the fourth pitcher in American League history with no walks and 10 plus strikeouts on opening day. The three other players who have done it are all Hall of Famers. You have Walter Johnson, who did it in 1916, uh, Mike Messina in 1998, and Jared Weaver in 2012. I didn't know Jared Weaver was a Hall of Famer, but that's what the the stat there says. Uh, very cool. Uh, I mean, 10 strikeouts in today's uh, baseball with they're not going very long. He went six and a third, and I think he was one of the few pitchers to go uh, over six innings. Absolutely incredible. And we have him on the show, and if you're watching on uh, video, you'll see how, like, happy he is just to be talking about disc golf yeah. and just like it's fun and, and like his kind of uh you know hobby outside of his job when he's pitching man that guy looks locked in it's kind of crazy yeah. you see all his facial expressions here and it's totally different he is just mm -hmm. a different beast out there and if we're doing other sport recaps i want to say uh, a quick shout out to the uh, ncaa women's basketball championship last night march madness we got the men's march madness tonight but lsu LSU has always been my second team. Got some family in Louisiana. They take it down over Iowa. And my disc golf analogy to this is Caitlin Clark has kind of been taking over the nation. Mm -hmm. If you haven't been watching or following women's basketball, my analogy is she's like the Kristen Tatar of uh, basketball right now. She has been the fan favorite of everyone tuning into women's basketball uh, this year. I mean, hitting incredible three-pointers, looking absolutely amazing. But LSU takes it down. They kind of were... Uh, than not the most well-liked going to that championship, but very cool for them. All right, let's yeah, bring Steve that's, Dodge That's in. my Twitter feed all day today. It's it's too yeah. hard to let Steve I'm, sit there I'm quietly. I'm going to do one of this to Steve Dodge at some point. <laughs> hand over the face. <laughs> for our listening audience, ben, Evan had his hand up in front of him. Uh, yeah. Anyways. So I want to say two quick things. Uh, I'm a minor league baseball fan. Um, I'm from Pittsburgh, so I root for the Pirates. <laughs> <laughs> that's good right there uh, Matt I know that went right over your head minor that's a good joke. league fan right there I, I thought you were gonna it's, get it still went over Matt Sox or something Steve <laughs> yeah so what did you guys think of April Fool's Day does it is it getting out of control with all the every, every company under the sun has to come up with something what do you think if you had to pick a favorite that at least you thought was novel or like yeah that was pretty well done in the disc golf world maybe first and yeah. foremost but anything you saw you guys see anything Steve you see anything do you do anything? I, I didn't do a, a single thing. Uh, I did see that maybe Elon Musk bought Alcatraz. <laughs> and he's going to move Twitter headquarters to Alcatraz. I guess that would make sure people would show up for work, I guess, because they, I assume, live there. How about Disc Golf Pro Tour announcing uh, Disc Golf made it to the Olympics next year in Paris? Um, it's, uh, it, it's funny because... Of all the people that were commenting, saying like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. Finally, a positive stride in the sport. And I'm just like, oh, yeah. But I guess I, I didn't see an insane amount. When I was on Twitter that day, um, everyone was really liking DGA's April Fool's joke, which I don't know what they did. They came out with the video, but apparently theirs was really funny. And then a buddy of mine, Bed Calloway, one of the touring players, just had a funny post saying new sponsorship announcement, and he photoshopped like Innova, MVP, Discmania, <laughs> just all different. I mean, they're kind of the same jokes every single year. I did still you think see... the best one was uh, Macbeth buys Innova. Yes, yeah. <laughs> did you did you see um, Nate Sexton's um, glow Firebird? Yes, he's yeah. a, he has a picture of him with hand drawn art. And he's holding up, smiling for the camera. And then Innova legit dropped 
Sexton, yeah. Glow Sexton Firebirds with that artwork on it, hand drawn. Did, did you buy any? I did not. I didn't. I didn't realize it was a thing. It was like the middle of the night. It was like oh, just gotcha. into the yeah. new the new yeah. day, April first. So. And and don't forget, last year was when Innova yeah. launched the Halo Polecat, which yeah. I gotta say, if there's a way to do April Fools, which I'm generally a fan of, but if there's a way to please everybody, it's these kind of joke discs that are actually real and you're selling them, and then they become <laughs> really cool. Like that, that's how to do it. That's a plus yeah. right there. I think DGA was probably my favorite. I'll be honest. Uh, they're they were kind of doing a spoof of the old uh, PDGA. Uh, commercial where they're like how do you play disc golf like i play it to play with friends <laughs> or to enjoy the outdoors and like you know happy go lucky commercial oh, no, there's some, uh, dga yeah copied the same thing and they were you know had their whole dga touring team uh say things you know i i do it to throw cool shots to make big putts and then they had uh uh was it austin yes austin turner say i play to hide my money laundering scheme or something like that <laughs> it's like so, that I thought that one was pretty good. I'll have to give a shout out to to our own feed uh, on Statmando, which hey, thanks to the show. I forget who it was commented it that one time, but we were uh, Stat Rando for the day. So I just tweeted some random. Uh, random that was one of the better ones. Hey, Stat Rando. Random, say, yeah. Random facts. Like one, yeah. I'll drop one right now. Is a single strand of spaghetti is called a spaghetto. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Uh, is that April so, Fools or is that just a random fact? No, that's a random fact. Wow. Everything was legit. It was just the April Fools was, you know, it would have been better if you were stat random and did one. fake facts all day. Uh, it, okay, maybe maybe 2024, Matt. We'll we'll scheme up some ideas. <laughs> that was, but my yeah. my closing thought on April Fools. I know I've been going on for a while now. Is I I understand it's not everyone's favorite day, and some kind of find it corny and and, and maybe weird. I personally think they're fun and and lighthearted. But the yeah. worst kind of people are the people who are outwardly like hating all of it. And like, if you don't like it, like that's, all, that's fine. I'm not, I'm not judging you one bit. I'm really not. Uh, but if you're like, so outward doing it and commenting on things, like, just like, this is dumb. Like, stop this. Like, oh, no. are we 10 again? No, it's like, better when they're like actually bothered by it. So they're trying to ruin everybody else's fun. They're like, that is absolutely a lie. Here's the proof. Here's the, you know, the, the website that says otherwise. Um, MVP, did you see theirs? The the circle logo? Did you, any of you guys see that? I you got to go to their know, channel. Check it out. Video, they did like a high production best. of the process of designing their new logo. And like, oh, wow. they had the real like artist for MVP, like working on it. And he's like, all these ideas I was doing, they didn't like. And so like, I don't remember the names of the guys. You'd probably know him, Steve. He comes in, he's like, this is it. And it's just a ring. Just a simple, <laughs> single like ring. That's it. It's beautiful. It's simple. It's what we're all about. Um, so anyways, that people are doing a lot of them. Uh, and I thought it was enjoyable. But the I will say, I think there's people who really believe disc golf will be in the Olympics in 2024. And I think it's... it maybe didn't go viral but what happened was a few people were fooled enough to share it as if it was real and then others yeah. believed it so it's going to take a while for that one to filter out i have a question yeah. for stat rando this <laughs> this the spaghetto right spaghetto so what yes. would the plural like if i had multiple cans of oh. spaghettios <laughs> oh no would what would that be would that be sp wait Spaghetti-o-y? What spaghetti would one can of SpaghettiOs be called? SpaghettiOs. But it'd be a SpaghettiO. Uh, what's one? My, uh, what's I, one? What's one ring of SpaghettiO in a can called? Oh, that would be a SpaghettiO. 
Well, yeah. Now then, we're talking about spaghettios. Yeah. So my question is: It's a type of spaghetti. A spaghetto is also a type of spaghetti. So a spaghettioio. Yo, we need you on the show more often. Yo, yo. Evan's bringing it up. I'm no, just, I'm just I'm saying. Just asking the question. I like it. Yeah, I like it. We need more of this. Yeah, the the amount of research I did into those was a little limited. I'm going to be honest. I, I don't have a database full of uh, just like the lead shots that were Paul won 120 grand at it. No, okay, easy there, <laughs> guys. The chat. Yet somehow we believed you that day. <laughs> I'll give a shout out to Robert Rice. Uh, he just said MVP should have sued Simon for April Fool's Day. That would have been amazing. <laughs> I, I wish someone had done that. I don't. <laughs> That's good, Robert. That is good. I mean, it would actually be like outrageously funny, but I don't know. It could be bad marketing at the same time, but funny to think about. No, that'd be the most hilarious marketing on April Fool's Day. That would that would have generated so much sales. Someone dropped the ball at Actually, the manufacturers. MVP should have sued Gannon Burr <laughs> for breaking his contract that they had signed in, in secret. Yes. There's so many different things that could come up here. We got to plan ahead next year. I think this last year, didn't oh, we? It should have been, I'm suing Prodigy. Yeah. Everybody just sues everybody on April Fool's Day. It's a big plan. Um, Nick and Matt show last year, we put Evan and Ben into Nick and Matt's spot in the logo. We said they now own the show. So We did. Oh, I forgot about that. Right. Yeah. We didn't do anything this year. Oh, no, too busy, I mean. That's that's the fact. We should have sued Ben. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. just sued Ben. Intern Ben, everybody. I think I already said this in Puerto Rico, I believe, still. Partying on the beach. Yep. And Evan and Nick, you guys are going to have a better uh, better w way of viewing this. In my opinion, Nick seems very distracted this show. And I think Ben might be the linchpin that holds this show together. Do you guys, Nick, Evan, you guys think that's true? He might. We can't you even know, take a I, YouTube poll yeah. to figure that out because intern Ben's the one who always does intern the polls. Intern Ben's the one who does it, no. yeah. Usually it, Ben's the one scrolling through the chat, and I like to look at it every so often, but uh, yeah. Yeah. And we we always have Matt distracted by something about something yes. going on, but now we have Matt distracted by two things. I'm hitting yeah. buttons, things and... going on, and hitting buttons. I, yeah. I think so... Ben is an important part of this show, and a lot of people don't realize it. <laughs> it's so ben true. Ben is a very important part of the disc golf community. Yeah, and he did it in such a short time. Things. So this yes, is not an April Fool's joke, yeah. but here's another. <laughs> Ben's <laughs> Steve, important. Steve goes April Fool's. <laughs> no, um, Chad. In our chat, one more that I thought was funny. What if Disc Golf Law posted? They're like, we're suing everybody. <laughs> Discgolf.law. That would be interesting. I bet. I don't know if that'd go over well. Okay. Um, this is kind of how the show is going to go a little bit. We've got Steve with some great talking points tonight. We're going to bring up. We're going to get there. Um, what about this? Ricky is 50-50. I saw a comment today where he said 50-50. But his post uh, at joining um, to play Music City Open. But his post was like, hey, you know, I've been really working the wrist, like rehabbing it, trying to get it to um, 100%, but I'm going to do what's best. You know, this isn't a sprint. This is a marathon. And you're like, oh, it all sounds great. And then somebody in the, the comments is like, so are you saying you're out? And he's like, I'm 50-50. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. ah, if you're doing what's best for you, cool. man, what does 50-50 look like? It, does that yeah. sound to you like he's in this week or he's out? If I had to guess, no. I'm saying out. What do you think? I say out. Yeah, I guess would be out as well. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and say bad in. Thing. In. Yeah, 
There you go. He probably needs. Which money. I don't think <laughs> staying out. I don't think is a bad thing. I mean, realistically, he's just trying to do what's best for him. Obviously, for the sport and the fans and the viewers of his that want to watch him play, it sucks in that regards. But for him to get better and to feel like the next time he does come back to an event, being a hundred percent, just means a great Ricky Wysocki on the course. Yeah, it's true. But think about the the similar storylines and different injuries and all that. But Eagle out last year, like majority of the year. It didn't feel as awesome, like for disc golf. Until he yeah. came back and won a major. And that was awesome. <laughs> like that yeah. was like. <laughs> and an then he dropped off. Incredible event. And the most, one of the most exciting of the year in a lot of ways. Um, but how well, long does Ricky go out of the events before you're like, when he's back, you're just like, this is awesome. You know, like how long is, are we there? Well, he's yeah. not back yet. Right? No, I'm just saying when he comes back, no, are we at that place back, where yeah. we're just super pumped. Is it that long of a time? Because like, if he came back to Music City, I'm happy he's back, but I'm not like, whoa, we missed you for so long. You know, like, is it two more events and we're like begging for Ricky to come back? Well, I think, I I mean, I think it would be great for Ricky to come back, especially for Music City Open, because this was an event, I think, when it was the last national tour event ever. 2021. In 2021, it was the last national tour event and he lost in a playoff to Mason Ford. So I think this is kind of, you know, could have been a redemption tournament now that it's back on the elite series schedule. Um, but you got to do what's best. Yeah. All right. That was just, just a simple conversation on that. Moving over to another injury, Valerie Mandahano. Now that one, and I mean that with all respect, that one, <laughs> not playing at all this season so far. I saw a comment that she made to a fan who asked if she was coming back and she said, Tuesday, as in the time of recording is Monday right now. So tomorrow, the 4th, she's getting an MRI. I reached out to her. She wasn't, didn't respond at this point. Um, so there's a little bit of conversation. I don't want to say speculation around this, but the idea of if you're going to get an MRI. That's not usually to see if you healed correctly. Not usually. It's usually to see what's still going on. So it doesn't sound good. Like, I don't think she's playing Music City, and by, she thought she might be back by Waco. Does that sound, do you guys feel similarly about this? Steve's nodding his head. What is this, an audio? Um, thing? Yeah. Go ahead. 50 <laughs> 50, Steve. Yeah, I'll be honest. I'm not really sure uh, what to think of that as far as if MRI is good or bad. I, I will say I thought her initial plan was a little bit ambitious. I mean, I, I don't know if she was definitely saying, I'm definitely playing by Waco or I'm hoping to, uh, but we're obviously past that. And I think like Champions Cup was like my rough idea um, from what I've heard of what was a realistic expectation. So if she's able to play Music City, that's a little bit ahead of time. Um, but it, I would assume that she's kind of getting to those last last kind of couple of weeks until she is ready. So even if she doesn't play Music City, I would still be hopeful that around Champions Cup or soon after. I mean, I'm sure we have I think we have another break from going to well, we go to Jonesboro after Champions Cup, but then we go out to the West Coast. So maybe it lines up better with a West Coast return. Uh, and a couple of weeks after that, getting to Portland Open, which is one that she won. That'll be really iconic for a return for her, which is kind of a shame because it's so far into the season. If we're talking about West coast. Oh, Nick, Nick dropped out and he's frozen yeah, as a statue. Nick, back. Well, we can hear you. So, yeah. All right. Okay. Um, let's go ahead and do this. It's usually that time when we bring in the guest or the guest is here. So, but we're still going to give him the music that he deserves. Everybody. We're going to welcome to the show. Um, I'll drop him out for a second. <laughs> bring him back in. Welcome to the show. Everybody. We got Steve Dodge, everybody. Steve, 
what brings you here today? I mean, you were just driving by with some ice cream or what? I had four cones and I know there's three other people in this basement, so I'm coming on down. Yeah, it's uh, gl- I'm glad to have you. You swung by a couple weeks ago and you had a prototype oh, of yeah. something. Oh, yeah. Uh, th- that's a good lead in, Matt. I think it could be. Um, Birdie Pro is our new board game. And it is, I just, I, I go ahead and say this in all the promo videos. It's a brand new board game. It is backwards compatible. So if you own Birdie or Birdie 2.0, uh, you can get this game. You can get the expand, uh, what's it, what do we call it? The uh, conversion kit. And then you'll be good to go. So Birdie Pro is a brand new board game that takes a lot of the confusion that was existing in Birdie. Uh, and gets rid of it and uh, keeps actually increases the strategy because we have a lot more what they call multimodal cards. Uh, We paid someone to do a review of the game and he's like, these, you need to develop multimodal, multimodal cards. I don't know what he's talking about. Anyway, so where, where you have a card and you can, you can use it now and get, get one chip or you can use it later at at an ideal time and get two chips, but that might not happen. So it, it brings in more strategy. Okay. So for those who have never played the game before, they're hearing this like, oh, it's easier or simpler, yet still very strategic. It's a great game. It can be an expansion, all this. Do you have any idea in your mind? Are most of your buyers, have you compared yes. this yet? Yes. Repeat buyers? Or uh, are they no, most new? Of, most of our buyers are new buyers wow. right now. Wow. The first two days in, most of our buyers were repeat buyers. Interesting. Yep. Uh, and actually I remember I sent a, a graph to Todd and it was, it was like 51 to 48. It was, it was very close. And then as the, uh, as the Kickstarter has progressed, the number of new, um, new people to the birdie universe has, has outpaced the existing people, which makes sense because our initial emails went out to all of the existing customers. Okay. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Um, I just felt like the game when you got into it and you understood it. Yeah. It was it's a wonderful game. Like my kids, I love to play it. I like to play with people who don't even know disc golf. They're like, "Wow, this is pretty fun." But when you brought over this new 2.0, the yeah. Pro, Birdie Pro, I immediately, and I didn't even get to go through a whole version of it, but you explained the changes. Right. And as someone who had played it, I was like, "Oh man, I I have to buy this one." I could have just got the expansion. But I did. Right. I, I got the full Thank kit you, and caboodle. Thank you. Yeah. It's an extra 12 bucks to you, but whatever. <laughs> but whatever. Yeah. Um, excellent game. I mean, in a weird way, and I don't know how you explain this, Steve. Rolling dice, moving mice. No, that's 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 mousetrap. Rolling dice, <laughs> moving <laughs> discs. Um, it it satisfies. I don't know how to explain it, Steve. It satisfies that little disc golf itch and when, then when at you- late at night. When you roll the the triple sixes and you get 18 and you go all the way to circle one on a 450 foot hole, you feel good about yourself. That's what I'm saying. And if you add some skill and some focus chips on there and, uh, and you roll a 19, you're just like, this is, this is money. It, it does feel good. And I will say it actually helps to know the course, which is really interesting. Um, we actually played, uh, I don't want to give a spoiler about Simon, but we played (laughs) with, we played with Simon and uh, it was interesting because in the, in the previous game, distance was overvalued. And uh, in the new game, I, I think that I said distance isn't overvalued, but Simon maybe didn't believe me. And he went all in on distance. And about halfway through the game, he was, he was behind and 
all he had left was distance, and it was like, oh, that's too bad. Because <laughs> we all started feeling bad for him, and he literally rolled three ones. And it was just like, okay, that's, yeah, you're not having a lot of fun. Do you feel bad for him when he's having an off round on the course, too? Yeah, kind of. Uh, not as bad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Simon Mulligan. That's funny. No, that is that is funny. I actually feel worse. I felt, I mean, he was in my kitchen playing a game having just no luck, so... That, that felt really bad. But on the course, I mean, he's thrown into a tree. That's all him. So we do this sometimes. Live chat, putting you on the spot, Steve, because I know you can handle it. I hated the original game. It was too hard to play. Like, it, what, we're talk- <laughs> yes. what we're talking about, though, is, is what's come from that response, maybe. A hundred percent. I wouldn't go so far as to say I hated the yeah. original game. I, I won't even say that. But, I loved it. But I will go so far as to say... I stopped playing the original okay. game. So, I mean, I, I like Ticket to Ride better. Um, okay. But now, uh, I've since we've had the prototype game, I've played Birdie a lot more than I've played Ticket to Ride. It's it's flat out fun. So some of the some of the complaints, and I'll if if you've um, if you don't have the original Birdie game, I would recommend just fast forwarding about four minutes. <laughs> Oh, some people watching live. What do they do? <laughs> they, they have to go, 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 bathroom, go to the break, bathroom or something. Get yeah. ice cream. But anyway, so the original game, there there are karma cards, and some karma cards like add add to the roll, and some subtract from the roll, and then there's weather that adds uh, so adds or subtracts from the roll. And after you roll, you spend an inor- a horrible amount of time, like okay, this is what my roll was, and then I have to choose the top three dice. And then I subtract two, subtract one, <laughs> plus two, plus three. And it just, it was, there was way too much. There was, uh, the juice wasn't worth the squeeze. So you fixed it. So we fixed it. Wow. Now, now the karma cards only add dice and uh, the positive karma cards. The negative karma cards only subtract from the roll. And uh, there are no cards that can't be used anywhere. Like every card, like it used to be, you had to use it on the tee or on the fairway or off the fairway. And we've adjusted it. So if you move a stick out of your way, which used to be an off fairway card, now you get plus one die if you move a stick out of the way. If you're off the fairway and you move a stick, you get plus two dice. Mm. So that's the multimodal, which brought in more strategy and simplified the game. So... To whoever made that comment, uh, thank you so much for playing the first game. Yeah. And you'll like this new version so much better. To be clear, you had other comments in there, too. I just picked that one for you, Steve. Uh, (laughs) That was a gem. I was a a beta tester for the original. I was lucky to be chosen. Oh, I love both of them. These are awesome. Um, And then others said, I would rather just go play disc golf. But here's the thing. And this is not a sales Me me too. Yeah. But when it's 10 o'clock at night and they don't have the lights on at your course... (laughs) It's I'm telling you, you get this weird feeling about throwing and parking a shot. And I'm like, well, it's because I can envision it. I think that's why I, th- I think so. And uh, there's nothing like uh, this is going to I'm going to I geek out a little bit sometimes, but there's nothing like playing birdie while you're watching DGN. <laughs> so, sure. yeah. And uh, and actually, we have we have courses coming out. Uh, the first course that comes out with this Kickstarter is uh, is Fox Run. So if you get the Kickstarter, when Worlds comes around, you'll be able to watch the final round and you'll be able to play Fox Run at the same time and be like, dude, I just 
birdied this hole. What are you doing out there? And then, uh, and we've got the preserve and Maple Hill and WR Jackson coming in the, in within the next 12 months. So nice. One, one more comment about birdie, but I think it's an interesting one. Someone said expansion slash rare collector cards coming question mark. And then someone said, I want a piece of a smelly towel from a pro the concept of imagine if you did this, Steve, you cut up some like Simon gives you a shirt and you cut it up. Just put little pieces in the boxes. Everyone gets a little piece of everybody. Simon gives me a shirt. It's going in my bed under my pillow and it's, <laughs> I'm just hugging it every night. It's it's becoming your pillowcase. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. It's my pillowcase. All right. Um, so birdies, it, when's that? When's that end? People can still it, get in. It on ends this? on the last day of Music City Open, as a matter of fact. So it, I believe Ricky will play. I do believe that. Um, but if he does not, I believe the reason is to make sure that he can go to the Kickstarter and <laughs> buy uh, birdie on that last day. Smart. Because if business he's in, if he's in the he's tournament, making. he might yeah. get distracted. And so, but yep. Sunday Music City Open, if you haven't done the Kickstarter yet, and you think to yourself, I want this game and I want to get it at whatever it is, 20% off whole, uh, MSRP, which is the, this is the cheapest you'll ever be able to get this game. You should go buy it i go knew back, that go back it now i knew that that's Someone why i was did. asking can you play it solo you can play it solo we did not include that in the rules but there is a uh, a way to play it solo where as every time you roll the dice you turn one karma card over and if it if it affects you it affects you and if it doesn't doesn't um, but that's the way of bringing the other player, the quote, the other players into the game. Or you can just do a solo round as if you were by yourself and there's no rules involved. Just, just roll the dice, roll all the dice, like use every karma card and all the <laughs> Take skill Take all chips. the mulligans you want. Just ace every hole. I mean, it's, it's the true Simon... That's the Simon vlog mode. It's just do whatever you want until you get the ace. That, you you actually just touched on one of my favorite parts, changes to the game. And I I, okay. I, I hate to drone on drone about on, this. Drone on, drone on. Um we all know when you uh when you hit a when you throw a putt or you throw <clears throat> you throw a long drive and it hits the chains. Sorry, Matt, I'm hitting this. You're doing good. I'm all excited over here. Uh and you hit the chains and it might go in and it might not go in. So that's a that's a really exciting thing that we incorporate into the game because that's a a part of disc golf and it's not a part of most other sports. Um, so it's called the chains determination roll, um, and it used just to the person's point who who hated the game said it was too complicated. <laughs> the chains determination roll was another aspect that was very complicated. It was literally different for every player and you had to get out, find a one D 20 and roll it. And then you did a calculation and it was, it was <laughs> neat, but it was a lot. And so what we did was we created a custom 12 sided die and this uh, half the, half the time it goes in and then half the time it doesn't. And the fun part is one out of 12 times, if it doesn't go in, it rolls out to circle two. And then another time it's going to roll out to circle one. And the other times it's just parked. But so there's there's an opportunity for things to go really wrong, even though you you think it'll probably go in, but it, it might go to circle two. I've really enjoyed the game. Um, and I will say one of my favorite parts, besides being able to envision the throws and have some of that thrill playing a game, the other part that I really like, and I know you're a stats guy, Steve, and I know we got a stat mando on here too, but the other part I really like, and I try to convince everybody about is like, this has been thought of like percentages of how holes actually play are built into this. So yeah. like if, if, if it's hard to par a hole in real life, 
in this game, it's going to be hard to par this hole. And I love that part of the game. So anyways, your friend, Steve, and I, I want to buy the game because it's fun, but I also want to do it to support this. And I think everyone else should too. So um, definitely get in on that. Eventually there's going to be an app, right, Steve? And you're going to play a game. Like the game will be on your phone. Maybe. Uh, chat GPT four is writing it it's right writing now. The code. It takes, it's funny how long that thing takes to write code. <laughs> Take my board game and make it an app. <laughs> All right. Um, cool. Well, we've got more to talk about besides that, too. Um, but let's do something a little bit out of the normal. It's been a while since we've done this, Nick, but we we lately have been doing it with live guests. But we're actually going to get into Judge That Disc Golfer tonight with a pre-recorded guest. That was at the Northeast Disc Golf Expo, and we were able to, he was able to catch up with us, and we decided to record a segment. So let's get right into it. Judge That Disc Golfer. Judge That Disc Golfer. The game show where you judge a disc golfer you've never met. <laughs> the funny thing is sometimes we have met them, but any, you can see on screen. Does anybody know this guy? No, I don't think so. I remember talking to him at okay. the Northeast Disc Golf. Yeah, so, you, you saw him there. Yeah, I, I forget his name, and I don't know much about his disc golf game. And by much, I mean none. <laughs> right. Okay. So, because I did the interview, I cannot participate in this game unless all of you get it wrong. Then I get a point, kind of like we do with Evan. But that's probably not going to happen here. So. Let's go ahead and get into it. I've got a play pause button tonight. This is a little bit different than usual. We've kind of upgraded here. Let's get into it. Let's see what he has to say, and then we'll get to the questions uh, and see who can pull this one off. And my name is Matt. What's your name? My name is Dan. Okay, Dan, where are you from? I'm from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Okay, and we're at the Northeast Disc Golf Expo. Intern Ben did a pretty good job, didn't he? Oh, great job. Great job, Intern great job. Ben. boy. Are you a member of the PDGA? Oh, yeah. You are. What's your uh, PDJ number? Okay, I'm pausing it quick. This is actually not part of the game, but you guys think <laughs> he's before two, 200,000 or after 200,000? This is not for points. Before. before. What do I you think, think he's after, actually. Okay. After. Okay, so Nick and... Let's 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 make this for points. Here we go. Nick and Steve said before. Wait, I would have guessed before that. No, I'm just kidding. I'll go after. Steve. After. Oh, let's see what he has to say. One five zero four five two. One five zero four five two. That should. Let's see if the points work. My odds Beautiful. were terrible on that, but <laughs> I was true. doing it for the fun. All right, here we go. Keep on going on. One five zero four five two. Okay, so you've been playing for what a year or two? Three. Three Pandemic years. Kid. Okay, so the memberships have gone crazy recently. Um, what's your PDGA rating? I'm assuming you have one. I do have one. Okay, what oh, what do you think he's rated? Let's let's just take this to the next level this game. <laughs> plus or minus, I'm going to give you a number here. Plus or minus 925. I was going to say you should just let us guess and the closest gets it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you could do that too. I just gave you a number yes. 925, so now you just got to decide what you want to pick for a number. So it's not plus or minus, it's you just pick a number. I, I apologize. What is this gentleman's name? Is it Dan? Yeah, I think Dan. that's what he said. Dan, okay. Do we agree Dan uh, can bomb it? So, well, we're not there yet. Oh. We're, we're getting there. We're oh, going to we ask are. that question, too. Oh, I, I'm ready. Let's just go rating. Just rating right now. Give a number, Nick. Nine, 956. 956. Steve, what do you think? 920. 
Seven. Ooh, I'm going to go 908. 908. Let's see what he had to say. What is it? Currently 906. Nine. Oh, Excuse whoa. me, Nick. Let's wow. go. Had you nailed that, I think I would have had to give you extra points. Okay. Yeah. 906. Let's continue on. Zero six. All right. Um, we know ratings are just a number, but how many tournaments have you played and what's your best finish? Like, maybe you don't know the exact number. What's your best finish in what division? I've won two divisions. Wow. And I'm working on the third this year, and I've played like 30 tournaments. Okay, awesome. Um, all right, so let's get on with it. Do you have a favorite disc golf professional? Oh, yeah. Okay, you do. Um, this is a bonus point, everyone. Before we get to the actual questions, who's his favorite pro? What do you think? I just asked. You got to size him up. What do you I, think he answers, Steve? I, I think he says Steve Dodge. <laughs> For zero points. <laughs> no. Not favorite TD. Okay, what do you think, Evan? I, am I crazy? Does he look a little bit like Paul Macbeth? Like, You're I'm not crazy. Say, he's Paul Macbeth's cousin. I'm going to say Paul Macbeth. <laughs> Nick? I'm going to go... Simon Lazard. Simon, Steve, you want to change your answer? I do want to change my answer. I didn't think of any other pros. I couldn't think of any. <laughs> um, so who are the pros in your game? Who are the your uh, board game? Well, you got Simon, you okay. got James. There you go. You got so, Raven. One of you those. got Sarah Holcomb. You got Madison Walker. I'm gonna choose Madison Walker. <laughs> this for five points if you're right, Steve. <laughs> Here we go. That's a good guess. Uh, I'm going to, I don't know. I'm going to guess Simon. What, who's your favorite pro? Paul Macbeth. Oh, it was between Paul and Simon. Okay, so Nick gets a point. Oh, wait. No, oh, Evan. Sorry, no, no, no. Evan. I got to take Evan's that point away. It. See, I'm doing too much. Intern Ben, I'm come back. fire. Where are you, now. Ben? Oh, now Nick's got zero. Here we oh, go. Back to gosh. one. Here we go. Continuing fine, on. Matt. All right, Paul Macbeth's his favorite. Uh, what's a hobby besides disc golf that you enjoy? Okay, this one, my friends. This is for... Five points, because how do you line up a hobby for this guy? But just look at him. He's already answered a few questions. What do you think, Nick? Pick a hobby. M music. Music. That's pretty generic, but we'll give that. I mean, it is music, hobby yeah. of music. So there's a lot of things that could fall into that. Steve, any ideas? Uh, I'm, I'm from Pittsburgh, and he's from Philly. And every other person in Pittsburgh either bowls or hunts. And I'm going to say hunts. That's a good one too. Good one, Ryan. Uh, why did I say Ryan? I my I need glasses, dude. I read your name on screen instead of it, saying you your should name. actually try to learn his name. Yeah, Evan would be good. <laughs> yeah, I have your name memorized, Matt. Uh, but <laughs> the problem is when I try to read your name with my glasses <laughs> off. Yeah, that's okay. I I, I won't take offense. You uh, don't my know who it is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I feel like it's something random, like woodworking. Uh, I like music. That's a good one. And I kind of want to go. I, I'm just going to say, can I say sports? Is that too generic? If, yeah, if see, that's pretty good, though. But like I'm hunting falls into there. I'm going to say basketball. Okay. Basketball. Can he hear us, Matt? No, this is not live, unfortunately. Sometimes we do live. Here we go. Let's see what he has to say. <laughs> Outside of this golf, what are you doing? Do a lot of playing Pokemon. Pokemon. There we go. In fact, that Good. is very helpful for oh, us. Man. I was going to say video games, which might have been too broad for that, but <laughs> we maybe oh, got No, that I would I would have given you video yeah. games for that one. Man, Pokemon Go. Stick with my gut, right? <laughs> Pokemon. I'm, I'm embarrassed I didn't get that. 
<laughs> so I thought he was going to say, when he said poke, I thought he was going to say poker. And I, I did like, too. Oh. And he said Pokemon. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Pokemon. He's also looking like Pikachu yeah. or something with that. So I mean, technically I should get a point for that because you guys got it wrong. Here we go. I'm on the yeah. board. Here we go. I think to judge you as a disc golfer. All right. Don't give me a number yet. Okay. Have you ever measured the distance of your throw? Yes. Okay. How did you measure it? Do you remember how it was done? Uh, range finder. An actual range finder. Did somebody stand in the field? What were you targeting? Uh, threw next to my car. Okay. And then lasered the, the car. Lasered the car. Was the car driving away from you rapidly? <laughs> no. Stationary <laughs> car. <laughs> All right. Awesome. So let's get right to it then. You've seen this episode, I think. You're here at the Northeast Disc Golf oh, Expo yeah. and you're ready to be judged. But how far can you throw a disc? All right, we ask him how far he can throw a disc. So this is what Steve was implying earlier. Like, what do we think? And by the way, he's in the chat now. Disc golfology. He says, that's me. And that's right. I remember that. So <laughs> he is there and we're judging him. People are guessing how far he's going to say he throws. After all of that introduction, all of those like intro questions, what do you think, Nick? How far is he going to say? I always feel bad when they come into the chat because I don't want to lowball them and you know, but 908 rated, is he a bomber of a 908 rated player? I'm gonna go with 375. 375. Steve. Well, first of all, I gotta say, Ryan, welcome to the chat. Yeah. I'm joking, his Dan. name's Dan. Oh. Matt, <laughs> Matt were you reading his name? Matt did exactly. Matt didn't even catch that. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> uh I gotta go with uh are we doing like exact distance? You're trying to get as close as possible. Closest to. You can go over, but you're trying to get as close as you can to what so he answers. Yeah, I'm going to guess that he measured it in yards and it rounded <laughs> up. So I'm going to go 474. 474. The car was driving away as he was range finding. Yeah. No, he's a bomber. Matt, I'm going to give you credit there, Matt. That was a good quick wit joke. I, I laughed <laughs> off screen so uh, when you asked that. Um, yeah, I laughed more than the Ryan joke. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm going to kind of split the difference between ish, and I'm going to say 430. 430. Let's see what he had to say. 420 feet. Damn, Evan, you're on fire tonight. Yeah, Evan's <laughs> eyes, everybody. <Whoa. laughs> if you're not watching live, Evan's like, what am I doing? <laughs> off and make this a little bit of a game again? Or? Wow. Let's just keep going. Let's see what he has to say. Four, is that a yeah. number on purpose? 420? Yes, that's a golf line. <laughs> 400 golf line, 420 yeah. feet. Okay. And uh, do you feel like you can do that often? Yeah. Okay. Great. Good distance. Evan, you're, you're laughing. I think you caught something. I totally something. missed a joke, right? Yeah. You... <laughs> okay. <laughs> Evan, you got it. I'm glad you're getting my jokes tonight because <laughs> he didn't get it. I don't think. That's the, that's the best reaction I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> I was... It's a golf line. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, did you? Never mind. All right, moving on. Here we go. Is that with a putter? No. No. Discraft Zeus. A Zeus. Okay, shout out to the Zeus. Your favorite player is Paul McBeth. Here we go. If your average round of disc golf was described by using the names of candy, what would it be? Hot tamales, Rocky Road, Laffy Taffy, Mr. Goodbar, or payday. I can repeat them if you need it. No, I got And by it. the way, someone questioned whether or not Rocky Road is candy, and it is. It's ice cream and candy. It's delicious. <laughs> it's delicious. So what's he going to choose? 
All right, so what does he choose here? His candy to describe, did I say his latest tournament round? Or no, that was just his round of can, round, his game. Can we choose yeah, something average, right? that somebody else already chose? Or do we all have to do You different? can choose the same candy. All right. So uh, let's go to Evan first. Evan. Yeah, a dude can bomb, but he's still 908, which is better than me. So uh, take that with what it is. But uh, Rocky Road. Rocky Road. Nick, what do you think? Well, I got to get some points on Evan right now. So, Mr. Goodbar. Mr. Goodbar. Steve. Yeah. Dan is payday all the way. Here we go. Payday all the way. Come on, none of those so I can get a point. Here we go. Anytime I miss a putt, I have to laugh at myself. So, Laffy Taffy is what I would choose. <laughs> Laffy Taffy. Another That's, point for me. That was good. That doesn't. That was I, good. <laughs> I That's, mean, hey, missing putts after throwing 430, that sounds like a rocky road of a round. I'm glad he kind of explained he's, why. He's he won in two that. divisions. He's cool. a, it's a payday. Come on, Dan. Yeah. Don't doubt yourself. <laughs> um, I'm not making money in amateur. Well, on me, definitely not. But he's played in multiple divisions. Maybe he's moving up to You just sell the, the discs now. that you win, dude. That's how you make the money. Come on, Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> We're just going to deem him Ryan from here on out. Um. <laughs> I'm just laughing. Are you sure Dan can't see us? Yeah, he can see us. Yeah, he can well, see us. Well, now he can see us because he's in the he's chat. He's in the chat. Oh, watching. but this Dan, he, right. he can't see us. Okay. Yeah. Um, he's looking <laughs> right at me. That'd be impressive if yeah, he could hold that's that a incredibly still. Great still shot right there. <laughs> Look how cool that is. It's definitely cool. This is his new PGA logo. He, by the way, he's in the chat. I hope you're enjoying this, Dan. He's lo he's loving it. Um, so the chat, by the way, is the most fun way to participate. I mean, you're driving by yourself in the car. I hope you're enjoying this, too. You're answering out loud or playing along. But in the chat, it explodes for every question. Here we go. Next one. Here we go. Laffy Taffy for your average round of disc golf. Awesome. If you were ready to hit the tour, okay, oh, yeah. with your 906 rating, no judgment there. This is Judge That Disc Golfer. What brand would you choose as your main sponsor? We're gonna give you the options. Nike, McDonald's, Red Bull, or Planet Fitness. What are you gonna choose as your brand sponsor? Okay, he's ready to go. You can see if you're watching his facial expressions, you might've got some hints, I don't know, maybe not. But no, see if he can't see us right now, so. Um, let's, <laughs> actually, yeah, we went over that. Nick, what do you think? <laughs> Uh, he's energy drink guy, Red Bull. Energy drink guy, Red Bull, Evan, uh, not Evan, Steve, reading your name. Right? I'm doing Planet. Planet. Planet? Oh, Planet Fitness. Here we go. I guess that's not it. it yeah, I saw the same smirk that, uh, that you saw, Steve. I'm gonna stick, I'm gonna go with Planet Fitness as well. <laughs> Why is he, he, he smirking? Had, he, he was... He was slowly smirking more and more with each question, so maybe he's just <laughs> building on top of it. Just just for the uh, the audio listeners out there again to uh, cater to you guys. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, he like after Red Bull, he was like, "Oh yeah," and then after Planet Fitness, he's like, "Ooh yeah, I'm at Planet Fitness four times a week." So. The showers. That's what makes Planet Fitness so great. And McDonald's three times a week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, can't go can't go a post round gym uh, day without McDonald's here. We go. They're all good, but I would be lying, and everyone would call me a liar if I didn't say Nike. 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 All right. So Nike it is. I okay, Nike. That means another point for me. How am I catching up to Evan yeah, with just people cow. not getting it right? Here we go. Next question. I think it looks really professional out there. If you were to choose unfavorable weather conditions for a tournament round, your next tournament round, what are you going to choose? 
rain, and I always have to say it's significant. It's hard to stay dry, even with an umbrella. Oh yeah. Snow, as it's accumulated on the ground to three or four inches and it's still doing that. Or wind. What is your, out of those three, what are you choosing for your next tournament round? Okay, think about that. While I tell you this last weekend, I had to play in like freezing rain. Those were, that's the worst combo. So what does he choose though? He's from Philly. You know, um, can I, can we read anything on his jacket just to throw you off a little bit? It says snow, snow fun, <laughs> snow fun. I don't know. I just, I'm not leading you astray here. I hope snow is no fun. Um, yeah. You got to interpret that. Uh, Sorry. I did that to you. What was the question? Uh, what's his least what's his next tournament round if he has to choose this unfavorable weather he has to he's got to choose wind really windy like 20 plus really rainy hard to stay dry or snow it's accumulating on the ground think am side steve <laughs> what are you going with what is he gonna say uh let's go to nick uh he hates playing in the wind because everyone should hate playing in the wind so what does he choose Wait, yeah, you're choosing which he would Wait, rather do. Which he would rather? A, oh, I'm yeah. sorry. So I thought he hates he the wind, oh, so what's he bad. choosing? Which he, which he would rather? Oh, he, he'd rather play in the rain. <laughs> yeah, because we know yeah, Nick hates the wind. Yeah, I hate the wind. <laughs> All right. Was Waco round two windy? This year or last year? Because <laughs> 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 last year it was not windy. Okay. I'm going to say snow. Oh, oh, s- oh. Right. You, who? You, snow, snow. He he he's choosing snow. Hunter, look at that coat. That's what he wants. All right, this is good. We're boxing out Matt with this one. Good. I'm gonna say wind. <sighs> Captain Planet. All right, let's see what he had to say. Definitely rain. The Definitely. S- the rain. snow at Maple Hill yesterday yeah. made me never <laughs> want to play in the snow again. Sorry about that. <laughs> he, Nick gets the point there. He drove up Steve for the expo. And I've, so the day before he's played maple and it was when we got that significant snow. I've played maple in three feet of snow and I didn't want to play again. Ever. <sighs> that was funny. That was funny. And we had, you know, Northeast Expo had a special guest. Ben flew in um, Robbie C from the South um and overthrow disc golf and their experience of maple was with that spring storm we got so they're like what is this and jesse from trash <laughs> yeah but he, he but he came from colorado this course sucks. Oh, okay okay yeah yeah so okay uh we're currently at one two three three steve one nick two me three evan three we i think we have a bonus question Matt, left. Gonna... i think that i got the very first question right you did so what's been going on since then yeah <laughs> i don't know come from behind victories they're better chase card victories have been really yep. exciting so what i'm going to do is i'm going to put two points up there um and if you get it right you get two points so there's a chance if we get it wrong we're going to let steve pick last on this question here we go definitely rain definitely rain is the best to play in for our audio listeners he is wearing a jacket that has the word snow fun on it he chose rain all right <laughs> From Circle's Edge of the putting green, a level surface, no wind. You're standing just with your toe at the line, not inside, so you can't jump putt. We hand you 10 putters. How many are going in if you had to give your best effort? 10 putters from Circle's Edge. How many are going in? 
Okay, so I actually jumped the gun here. This is not the bonus question. We're still in the game. There's is this be worth one two? No, this one will be worth you one. You said it was worth two. Yeah. Okay, yeah, let's make you this did. one worth I'm two. Just pointing if it you out. get it exactly Man, get right, it if you get it exactly right, you get two points. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten are your options. Um, Evan, what do you think? Yeah, that, that's fair. Uh, I, all right, let's be real, Dan. The real answer is like two or three, but I'm going to go with what I think you say. Uh, a nice five. Five. Nick, what do you I'm think? I'm sorry, Dan, but I'm going to go six. You can choose the same. I always tell people that for this game. You can choose the same. So six as it is. Okay. Steve. Uh, Dan, why are you wearing a coat that says snow fun on it? <laughs> he's going to get in the chat real quick. No, I'm talking. Oh, oh, he's not. That's not the chat. Oh, yeah, that's right. He's not live. He's not live. Okay. How many putts is he going to hit, Steve? Four four anybody want to change their answers should i go lower nope. he's about to say nine okay nobody's changing he said answer. laffy taffy said he misses putts let's see what he, he says said he misses putts let's see what he says unfortunately I, i'll just pause it there <laughs> two? Is he going uh, zero? he's gonna one? go with two no he here we better go. Here not we go. here we go probably five. Oh. Five is his answer how's that unfortunate percent Hey, yeah. you make some, you miss some. That that statement's never sounded more real. <laughs> <laughs> so five putts. Evan, you are on fire tonight. So you're guessing what they think, not what they actually can do. I'm just gonna say that, Dan. True. Just kidding. True I, that. Dan could beat me any day, I'm sure. So I, I'm talking the trash because I know he's better than me. <laughs> so Matt, Evan yes. he got it exactly right. He should have Oh, that's five right. Points. Two. He gets two oh. more. He gets one more. Hey. And Thanks, I know Steve. I know the last question's worth ten, so I'm not too worried. No, it's yeah. the bone. It's the bonus. It's the it's the two pointer. It's the chance. Or no, let's do. Let's make it so the last the last guy could still tie it. So four points. So it's a four point. Yeah, it's a four pointer. So Simpson, the only way it ties is if Steve gets Simpson's a no one's handful <laughs> to win it. So five to win it. Yeah. All right. All right. We'll go five to win it. It's going to be tough. Here we go. I think this is the last one. Let me hear the question. <laughs> All right. If you were to get a disc golf tattoo. No, we have another. Oh, do you boy. have any tattoos? My I goodness. don't. No tattoos? Not one. That was have my you ever guess. considered getting one? You know, here and there, I'd, I'd, tab, I'd dabble, you know. Okay. But if you were to get a disc golf tattoo, so this would be your first. Yeah. You're getting a single basket. Just as simple as it can be, a basket tattooed. The doink putt. The cartoon Tasmanian Devil doing a 360 drive. You know that cartoon? Or at least a familiar. Oh, I know that tattoo. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> or a disc golf phrase. So you can make this up, but just for example, grip it and rip it or like death putt. These are disc golf phrases. Yeah. Would you go with the phrase or one of these artwork pieces? Okay, so I'm going to restate the bonus here, but the bonus um, is if you get this. Yeah, I guess if you get it right, we'll go two points still. So if you get it right, two points there, there. I think we're getting to the last question. I think it's next, but uh, let's start with Steve. What's he pick for his tattoo? He's going Taz. Ta he was excited about Taz, wasn't he? I can't. I apologize, Dan. I can't read you anymore. It's like I don't I feel <laughs> I don't like I don't know you. Know you. Yeah, I don't know you. You're a whole. Yeah. You're well, bad. Steve, what kind of tattoo do I get for disc golf? I've got I one assume in my the head doink right putt. now. Yeah. <laughs> You know me. No. All right, Evan. Uh, this is tough. I'm I'm drawing a blank, but I, I'm gonna go disc golf phrase. Phrase. I was gonna say phrase as well. Phrase for can. Nick and Evan. 
Um, all right, let's see what he had to say. I'd probably go with a phrase. Oh. Do you have a phrase? Yes. Okay, what is this phrase? Whoa, oh, let's let's do this for points. This is for points. Matt, Matt, Matt kind of gave gave away that last five one. Five points. Saying, oh, and the bonus if you guess, and then I was like, oh, it's gonna be if you guess what the phrase is. Oh, be. So you, Matt, good, Matt, you kind of gave that away. Yeah, you totally gave that away. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, I should have four points as well, please, if that was worth two. Did I say that was worth two? You did. Okay, so now Evan should have like a million seven. Now, if you guess the phrase correctly, this is worth five. You guys need you need a few minutes. <laughs> a phrase. I, little thinking Thank music. Uh, I, I know my phrase. All right, is, all right, is it a long phrase or is it like a quick and easy one? I can't tell you long or short. Super califragilistic. Uh, I don't want to say like no low putts because that's already kind of out there. So it'd be a little unoriginal. The but, comment uh, coming into the live chat with the name Matt Graham is actually Steve Dodge. Just shout out. <laughs> 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 All right. What do you think the phrase is, Steve? Uh, I, I'm looking it up. Oh, he's looking it up. Okay. Yeah. All right. Nick, do you have one? Uh, I'll just go with no low putts. No low putts. Evan. It's, it's going to be something we would never guess. He's got like discology is his little his handle yeah disc golf something like like it's not disc golf it's discology okay just yeah Talk okay i i want to do the discraft slogan but i don't know what it is i, I think it's like consistency equality and diversity <laughs> something like he that chooses. he's gonna do the discraft slogan all right let's see what he says for five points i get the five points if you're no i'm kidding i won't do that to you so <laughs> tiger woods is dad said when he was winning his first match. Whoa, what did Tiger Woods' dad say? Let's hear. Go Tiger. Trust the stroke. Trust the stroke. And I would get that tattooed on. Where would you get that tattooed on you? I guess forearm is a good okay. spot, bro. Forearm is pretty good. Okay, awesome. Um, All right, so no points for the bonus there, but let's see what he what he has for this last one. If we had to do a bonus question here, I don't know Which if we, we do. Don't. We might cut this out. I don't know. But let's ask. We do. Which band... Best describes your most recent tournament performance. When was that? Was that last year, a couple months ago? When was that? Oh, it was like three months ago. Three months ago. So think back oh, on it was that. a week ago. Okay, a week ago. Don't <laughs> <laughs> I had to pause that. <laughs> three months, a week. So does that give you any insight I'm here? I'm going to guess Dan is a new father. He's like, that. <laughs> you have no idea what day it is when you get a new kid. My last tournament was three, three months, months ago, ago. for sure. Oh, wait, wait, it was last week. I'm on my way home from a tournament. <laughs> yeah. Yesterday. So does that tell you anything about his tournament? I don't want to lead you astray one way or another. But sounds like he didn't was, do well. well. Who knows? Let's he, see how he definitely goes. didn't win it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's true, Evan. That probably is true. Let's see how. Let's see what he says. Oh, tell us how it went. Don't cry. <laughs> You're thinking of your last tournament performance. What band best describes that performance? Red Hot Chili Peppers, Disturbed, Fall Out Boy, or No Doubt? Okay. Um, I have a few others, but we'll stop there. Okay. <clears throat> what does he choose? A band. To represent his last tournament. Um, ABBA. Ab <laughs> out of the options we gave, Steve, oh, ABBA is okay, not one of them. Okay. Although, what were the options one more band? time? 
Disturbed, Red Hot, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Fallout Boy. For disturbed, ten points, I'm going with Disturbed. Did, did we no have Coldplay in there? No, no. You, you cut it off. No. no. All right. So for ten points, I'm uh, going with Disturbed. I'm actually going to bet all of my points, <laughs> and I'm going with Disturbed. just bet all your points times ten. <laughs> uh, Nick, what do you all think? Right. I don't know. Disturbed is kind of. Uh, I'll I'll go Fallout Boy. Fallout Boy. All right. Well, what was the other one that wasn't Red Hot Chili Peppers? Was it No Doubt? Is that what no Doubt. Oh, maybe yeah. it was No Doubt. Yeah. I, I can oh, look God. it up. It was No yeah. Doubt. Nah, no. I'm going to go Red Hot Chili Peppers. We're reading it wrong. You got to go reverse psychology on myself. Okay. And Nick, what did you say? Fallout Boy. Fallout Boy and Steve? Disturbed. Disturbed. Okay. Let's see what he had to say. What do you think? Uh, Fallout Boy is my favorite band. And it's also, I shot seven over. But it was 935 rated. So I left stuff out there. So I felt like I fell out a little bit. If I kept it together, it would have been like really good rating. Um, Fallout Boy. Yeah, Fallout Boy. We're going Let's downtown go. in a. How's that phrase go? We're going down. Sugar, we're going down. Yeah, there you go. Sugar, yeah. we're going down. We're going down swinging. <laughs> awesome. Thank you very much for letting us judge you. Thank you. Oh, thank Thanks us. You guys See? are putting on the show. I watch it every week. This convention went off without a hitch, in my opinion. I don't know behind the scenes, but I had a great time. It was awesome. All right, awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you, Matt. Thank really you, Dan. <laughs> All right, everybody. That was Judge That Disc Golfer. Evan just went off, like, he, most points he ever. He shot 29 on. points above his rating, and it After, wasn't Red Hot Chili Peppers. Wow. Matt, when I said thank you, Dan, I took my hat to him. He just walked off. He had like, to he didn't turn his look camera at us. Just turn his camera right off. I don't understand. Robbie C. in the chat, everybody. Um, Robbie, thanks for stopping by, man. Um, judge that disc golfer. We'll have to bring you in on that sometime, Robbie. I'm sure you're pretty good at that. Um... Yeah, Northeast Disc Golf Expo, one more time. Uh, uh, well done, Ben. Uh, overthrow. They're usually in the chat, too. Um, Josh he, and Mike. He is. Oh, yeah. Overthrow's in there? He'll yep, have to tell us in. how many hours he stood there um, coaching people's forms. That I was intense. I was like, you did that all day, one after another. So wow. It's like, let's look at what your problem is. And like, <laughs> eventually, you could probably just kind of just like be like, they're all the same problem. But good now, job. The Northeast... Disc Golf Expo, was that technically presented by Maple Hill? Yes. Is that okay? So what was the involvement in that? Like what what does that mean? Money, money, money. Ben Ben came up to us and said, Hey, I'm thinking about doing an expo. Will you guys be the title sponsor? And we said, Yes. How much is it? Quick and easy. (laughs) How much is it? All right, we're just gonna bring him in casually, everybody. Uh Simon Lazat. Oh, sorry. No, we gotta give him the music. It's backwards. It's like a weatherman, Simon. Yeah, there you go. It's backwards. Oh, hold on. Let me... Not yet. Hear you? No, not yet. Now they can hear you. I'm trying to do too many jobs at once. We miss Ben. Rough time. Can you hear me now? Hello. Whoa. Yeah, perfect. Awesome. So we're just hanging out. Have you had the show streaming by any chance? I just tuned in when you had the Judge Distolfer segment. And I kind of watched it, but I was just waiting for it to be over so I can tune in. <laughs> when you popped into the green room, I'm like, yeah, he knew the segment was over. So good timing, Simon. So good timing. you're welcome. You're welcome. Um, yeah, Did you I sign mean, up for Worlds. I yeah, you sign up for Worlds. Yeah, finally, Terry Miller messaged me like an hour before Matt messaged me. 
about signing up. There we go. It was totally on my to-do list. Um, I guess there was a deadline for the invited players today, but then the next deadline was in a week from now for the 10, 20 rated players. So I knew I had at least another week to get it done, but it, I was aware. I just found it funny that Terry Miller messaged me, and then an hour later I got a message from Matt reminding me to sign up. Thanks. I guess that's the hot topic right now. It was thanks yeah, I was to Stan. I think with everyone freaking out, and this is something we could talk about or not, but everyone kind of freaking out over Champions Cup. It's a smaller field than a lot of the big, big events, but some of the top pros being waitlisted for that event and just kind of curiosity of everyone's mindset on that. But I think that's the main reason because Evan had texted us and he was like, we got to tell Simon that he's not signed up for Worlds right now. So. <laughs> I, I saw some chatter about it, but then I, I saw later on JVD was like, oh, yeah, I told Terry. I'm like, oh, OK, that's cool. He'll, he'll figure it out. Simon, I'm no, guessing. I love that we get reminding messages now. Yes. Simon, are you I'm going to guess you're either not at home or Emmett has some ni a nice set of dolls. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> what? There you go. Is, <laughs> why? Uh, Natalia asked me to not show the dolls. I was sure they went in frame. I was oh, wrong. Oh no! I'm sorry, Natalia. <laughs> no, Natalia. Matt, I like, cut out the like stream, dolls. edit it out. We'll start back up in ten. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna get murdered in about ten minutes. <laughs> Let's hurry this up. Wait, so he can be done before the murder? Okay. I don't want to see that. Simon, um, we're just catching up with you. I've seen you on. I think you did like two podcasts in one days. One in Germany, like you streamed to germany uh for one i believe and was that all in german yes i was in your studio with intern ben we had a great time it ended up being like 90 minutes i think we beyond that a bit um he was entertained i think he was acting like he was working the whole time <laughs> i would have been entertained to hear you talk german for 90 minutes too i would have tried to learn a few words um then i think that evening you were on foundation uh, some podcast there like dude and now you're here this is three like you're doing still podcasts all the time like do you get sick oh of yeah it? i think i was on with brody and paul yuli yeah. um on their tour life i think it's called yeah that was cool we like yeah, i just got insights. second in austin so uh i was on the hot seat again there you go so um i think it was when we were interviewing paul and dylan last week uh, we were bringing up purchasing courses, and we know you've thought about that. I think you've mentioned that for at least a year or two or longer, your whole life. I don't know. But then Paul's like, oh, people have been hitting up Simon about that course up in like uh, Athol, uh, Massachusetts, Flat, Rock. Flat yeah. Rock. Yeah. Yes, yes. Now, whether it's perfect or not, that is, have you played up there before? Yes. Isn't that a fun like course? I feel like that's a Simon Acehole type course. It's a pretty challenging course. It's I wouldn't say it's an ace run course. Okay. It's very neat. I would describe it as okay. neat and kind of like it's like walking through like the magical Massachusetts mm -hmm. backwoods a bit. It's like there's some it feels like you're walking along the streams the entire time in the woods and like rolling hills a bit. There's some rocks all over the place. It's a cool little place. It's a bit too far out of the way i would say that i would be really interested and i think the acreage is also not it's like that high 18 or 20 it's like it's a home yeah. course yeah exactly yeah if, and a really good it, location it would be interesting but like that probably not yeah. for me so are you still looking if for a course wants to, sorry 
Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, if anyone wants to actually see this course that we are talking about right now, you have to go way back in Simon's videos, but there was actually a doubles video that we filmed. It was Simon and I versus Casey and Marky at yep. Flat Rock, which was a really, really fun time. So pretty good video, if I remember correctly. <laughs> it was. We shot 18 down and 19 holes, and we missed the shortest one on the course. Yeah, well, spoil the whole thing, Nick. Good job. Yeah, now they don't want to go watch. <laughs> Why yeah. would I watch? No, they need us. They need us see. It, it's it's an incredible piece of property, and like Simon was saying, if it wasn't kind of in the middle of nowhere, it would be a super fun place to like consistently go to. Anytime anyone ever said, "Hey, do you want to go play Flat Rock?" I was happy to drive. I think it's about forty-five minutes to an hour away from my parents' house, so I was happy to do it. But it's not something that I'm going out and doing every day, since especially Maple Hill is seven minutes down the road. I, I would imagine nothing's really changed, Simon, as far as like you would like to have a property for disc golf. But are you actively looking or is it if something comes along, then you're interested? No, I have like a weird obsession and I think <laughs> slightly mental problem with looking at properties and houses. I've been thinking about moving away from Massachusetts for uh, probably a couple of years at this point. It's never really happened, obviously, because I'm still here. But... I'm on Zillow probably 10 times a day because I don't even know why. Like, I open Zillow more than I would open, like, Instagram, Facebook. Is there any other popular one that I use? Probably not. YouTube. YouTube. Yeah. Like, I open Zillow probably more than all those combined. Sad. And there's wow. also this app called LoopNet uh, where they have businesses for sale, which golf obviously is a business. So there's golf courses listed there. And I check every day, at least twice, maybe three times to see if there's a new golf course anywhere listed for sale. Um, but the right place has not popped up. But it's like, for some reason, my favorite thing to go on my phone and check if the perfect place has popped up. <laughs> and it never does, but <laughs> I always have hope. It's very weird. Matt, can I jump or, in? I want I want to ask Simon yeah. two two quick questions. These are just I think one word answer questions. There should be no explanation needed. Uh, my first question to you, Simon, do you agree that par fives and disc golf suck? Um, in general, I am a huge fan of par fives. I feel like in disc golf, for some reason, I don't know if it's course designers or TDs or whoever is in, in charge of this, people don't want us to have an eagle chance on par fives. I don't really know why, because in golf, technically, par fives are the easiest holes and the holes where a lot of times golfers get an eagle look. But uh, for some reason in disc golf, eagles are like banned from the big courses. And I don't know why. Like people don't want to see us have an eagle chance because they know it's too easy. So you so I, I agree. Sometimes par fives are ridiculous. OK, we, we agree for different reasons. That, okay. That's that's. Uh, I wanna, now I want to know Steve's reason, though. <clears throat> well, let's, let's get into it. Let's, let's get, get into the second. You you don't want to no, do the second question yet? I might. Okay, do the second one. I, actually, I, actually, it's written down over here. I won't forget it. Okay. Uh, you guys, you mentioned that Ricky was fifty fifty earlier on something, and <laughs> I'm over fifty. And I was like, when you said Ricky's fifty, and I was like, holy crap! 
<laughs> I was like, oh, no, 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 no. He's not 50. So anyway, um, I, the, reason, the reason that I don't like par fives, the real reason is as a viewer of DGN, which is what I do pretty much all the time. Simon goes on Zillow. I go on DGN. <laughs> and when I'm, anytime they say, okay, here's a par five, 8,000 foot hole, he's going to throw it in the middle of field over there. And I don't have any idea if it's a good shot or not. And then he takes his second shot, another <clears throat> thousand foot shot. I don't have any idea if that was a good shot or not. It's like three throws later, you have some idea as to whether or not they're doing well. From a spectator's point of view, par fives are awful. Give me a golf hole that's a par five. I see a fairway. I see a tree you have to go around. I get it. They, they need to get to that landing zone. In disc golf, if, if we define them with landing zones, I might be okay. Actually, I still wouldn't like them. Because in ball golf, you got three shots plus two putts. That's your par five. In disc golf, three shots, and then you're inside circle one, and you got a drop in birdie. That's a silly par five. So... We don't understand that we only have one putt and ball golf has two. So in my opinion, we should only have long par fours and short par five fours. We should not have par fives. My two cents. And is that one of the reasons why Maple Hill does not have a par five? Uh, I am. I am 100% the reason Maple Hill does not have a par five. Really? And we will never have a par five. You just got to drive up. Couple hours north to Maine, you'll get all the par fives you want. They're about two hundred fifty feet long. Three hundred yeah. foot par fives. <laughs> well, that's what's I, awesome I about in, Maine. What about I'll, I'll name two par fives, and I, I think they don't go to your points that you made, Steve. Right. Which is, I think Fox Run Hole Seven and Northwood Black Hole Twelve. I think on both of those holes, you can tell what's a good shot and what's a bad shot. Do you think those are bo still bad holes though, or, or not uh, good viewable holes? I should say. Uh, now, I've never played Northwood 12, um, but I have tried to watch it. And you say you, you understand what a great shot, a good shot is. And yeah, there's a, there's a kind of fairway there. Um, and if you kick a little left, a little right, you might be in trouble and you understand that inherently. So maybe uh, in the woods. Um, on hole seven in Fox Run, actually, I'm going to just say both of them. Yes, you're going to understand watching whether or not you had a good shot. But in my opinion, um, if you can get under the basket in three throws, like pretty, I don't want to say easily, if you would expect to get under the basket in three throws, that's a par four. That's not a par five. I, in my opinion, if you're within 200 feet of the basket after two throws, that's a par four. Hmm. Okay. I was just going to say, I see Simon chance. shaking his head. Well, so, Wait, why don't you block him out? <laughs> Let's see what yeah, button block. I press. <laughs> Look at the. I'm just going to do this, and you can't see him now. Oh, you can't see him. Oh. Simon, you have a different thought on that, and so do I, but what, what's your opinion? No, I mean, I think we're modeling our sport after golf, and in golf you hit one driver, and then depending on the length of the par four, it's a wedge or an iron, which the equivalent in disc golf would be one driver and then a putter or a... Or a mid-range or a fairway driver, it's like, par, and some par fours are drivable in golf. Yes. I think in disc golf, some par fours should be drivable. Mm -hmm. And in golf, most par fours are eagle chances. And I think in disc golf, most par fives should be eagle chances, like a risk-reward kind of situation where if you go for it, you can get a super high 
reward, which is entertaining to watch and obviously good for your scorecard. Um, but you can also get a bogey out of it. But um, like the great two examples that were named here and on Fox Run and Northwood, those holes I don't think have ever been eagled. Like Northwood, like a four on that hole is Insane. like five per tournament, maybe. <laughs> like it doesn't happen. Like that hole is, it's a cool and fun hole. And if I lived there, I would probably play it for fun a lot. But playing it for money feels weird because it's a gamble. I, I do have it running right now to see how many eagles were on both of those holes. Oh, so quite yet. Well, Northwood like definitely seven, zero eagles. Yeah. Let's let's I pretend like seven F Fox though has probably gotten one or two. Let, let's pretend yeah, we're. I know um, at least one or two. We, let's pretend we've got a twelve hundred foot hole, wide open, no trees, no anything, just 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 to walk through this. And if you can throw a five hundred foot drive, and maybe that's how far can pros throw now? Can they throw five hundred? <laughs> Yeah, so, I think 500, 550. So a 500 foot drive. And to your point, Simon, about throwing, a, you know, you, you do a one wood off the tee and then you go to your fairways and your, your irons. Um, in, in disc golf, you're on the fairway, you're, you're in the fairway, but you're throwing your big driver again. So, yes. so it's, it's not even, we can't compare in that regard, in my opinion. Um, well, so your, all, your second yeah. shot, you're throwing another 500 foot shot. And then you're within at a twelve hundred foot shot. You're you're within two hundred feet. That's a silly birdie at that point. It, there's no reason to call a twelve hundred foot hole in a wide open a par five. <laughs> well, you have where... a good point. It's a good point that golfers hit way further off the tee than they can from the fairway. In right. disc golf, obviously, that's a bit different. Mm. Um, oh, I guess that's a fair point. Wait, but I would like to find like middle ground i i actually just too. came up with the middle ground because i would be more than happy to have a par five at maple hill and in disc golf as it is anytime there's a disc golf people should just look at their wives and say steve dodge is pissed because he is <laughs> i think full 18 at maple hill should be a par five you want us to move the tee back no i think 18 no, leave it where it move is the tee back forward and anyway, and then make it a par four, or <laughs> yeah. leave it and make it a par five. To fix to fix disc golf, so that you and Simon, you just said this, and I I I hadn't thought of it. A ball golfer can hit farther off the tee than they can off the fairway, because the the ball is teed up. In disc golf, on the tee, you can follow through. Nowhere else do you get to follow through. You can't follow through past the disc anywhere else, and then you can't throw as far on your second shot. And then you can have par fives. I hate I it. Actually, I actually agree with that. No. <laughs> so no, no, no. Sorry, the run up think, is a way better of, idea. Run up. I, getting rid of the run up in the fairway is a way better idea oh. than no follow through. Follow, following through is crucial for us not to break our back. <laughs> I, I, we've I, talked with, about. I actually like either, so, either solution is fine, but I, I think I might be for the one that doesn't hurt the players. We have talked about yeah. this w probably way back on an episode when you hear Steve two years ago, but the idea was about not having run-ups on your shots That's after the tee pad. That's a great idea. And it's really interesting concept because it does seem to do a little bit of more of that golf thing. Like if you're mm -hmm. off the rough or whatever. So, and then you could have yeah. a par five because mm. your, your second shot in the fairway is not with your, you, you don't have as much opportunity. I think one of the big things about this par is five great, as well Simon. Is... thank you for fixing this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I have I think... a way better fix. I have a way better fix. What is it? Well, Wait, let, let Nick oh. finish. I'm sorry. I'm taking control. Yeah, Nick, no, go yeah, ahead. You're good. I'm going to switch the show I'm, now. I was just, yeah. 
I was just going to say, you know, you're talking about a wide open 1200 foot hole. I think anyone could agree that that would be the most boring par five to watch. Now, it's actually a long par design, four. Yes. Uh, a good point. <laughs> but better course design, making it so the player has to throw like Northwoods hole 12 to where you can't throw a 500 foot drive because if you try to do that, it's just going to be a world's hell. They throw a three to maybe 400 foot drive, sometimes 250 to 350. And then their second shot, they have to play it in a safer, more technical style of golf. I think hole seven at Fox Run usually plays into a headwind. And so some players are laying up first and then going for the next shot and then potentially trying to get onto the green. So realistically, I think par fives have a big thing to do with course design. And that makes them, whether they're enjoyable or just stupid. Uh I'll drop in some data here. There were no Eagles on either Fox Run Hole 7 or Northwood Black Hole 12, but I, I think the second one could be assumed. It only had three birdies in total in last year's event. Um, uh, on on the Disc Golf Pro Tour, Elite and Silver, along with uh, Professional Majors in MPO, um, determined by event. And so now we've had a few more in 2023. But since the start of 2022, there are uh, 54 par fives on tour, including silver events. And again, just once per layout, uh, per event. Um, what was it? Uh, 26 of them have zero Eagles. So roughly half are, have not been Eagled. Um, then 35 have one or fewer Eagles. Uh, and then 41 have two or fewer Eagles. Um, 48 out of 54 have single digit number of eagles uh nine or less but here's the interesting thing which i'm just uh, nerding out on stats at this point um the five the six that are not under 10 are all over 20 uh total number of eagles and now this is just total number so sometimes it's only played uh one or two rounds sometimes it's played all three or four rounds um but just interesting there's no par five that's in between 10 and 20 um it's either all or nothing so I want to, I, I, first of all, Simon, thank you very much for that fix to disc golf. <laughs> no, he said he has a fix. No, yeah. no, no. There's another fix. Oh, Wait, would you, Simon, would you be okay with the no, uh, what did you say? No run up? No run up. Yeah. No run up. Would you have to, kind of? would you have to designate a rough area though, Simon, to really be on board with that? You'd have to say, this is a rough area. What do you mean? Yeah. Well, what makes golf such a great sport is that if they hit a great shot, they're in the fairway, which gives them basically no handicap. Obviously, they can't tee it up again, but as good as it gets in semi-natural settings, if they if they hit a pretty not an ideal shot, they're in the rough, which gives them a handicap. And sometimes they, there's different cuts of rough where the worse they hit, the more handicap it becomes for their next mm -hmm. shot. Then there's fairway bunkers, there's bunkers next to the green, which is a whole different shot style that they have to figure out. And it's a skill to hit bunker shots properly. It's a skill to hit rough shots properly. And if you're way off the property, you're in the woods or you're in the in the brush or whatever, like disc golf doesn't have these zones yeah. Yeah. where you need an actual real skill that isn't just throwing the disc to get out of or some kind of like handicap. We we either have complete jail off the fairway where we just can't do really anything. The scramble is like a putter straight back out to the fairway, which is annoying. Or we make it OB and get an instant stroke, which is extremely penalizing. If you watch golf, like OB, unless you hit it off the freaking property or if you're in the water, OB is not really a thing in golf. 
some courses maybe if you're playing on a cliff or something but for some reason disc golf because we don't have rough or bunkers make everything ob to try to match the scores of golf and i hate it i truly hate it i think ob of course can be helpful in some places but we need to find throws or put us in situations where we're handicapped basically throwing like we make it trickier like that's where scrambling scrambling is such a great part of golf but in disc golf scrambling almost doesn't exist so i would love to see instead of making a place ob or a hazard make it a no run-up area mm -hmm. you're not allowed to run up from there or make it you have to throw a putter from here area or make it you have to throw forehand from here i mean obviously this sounds maybe a bit like tacky and a bit not thought through properly because uh, i haven't but there must be someone smart out there that's like making different areas fairways you can even put it on the green one area on the green where you have to throw a straddle putt versus a normal putt <laughs> or your there's freestyle putt and then straddle putt zones um is simon is that sounds called, weird but i think it will make the game better is that called a tree <laughs> and i'm what not joking you, you can put trees there no 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 i i because well, in, in my opinion you you have sand traps in disc golf in golf in, in my opinion you you would have a stand of trees in in disc golf it doesn't mean you have a lot of brush it doesn't mean you have to throw a putter backwards it just means you have an impeded shot to get out of there and you might not be you might not get the full back backswing and all that jazz so i i feel like trees are what you're saying yeah, I feel like if if we had the money to build an actual disc golf course and not go to a park or go to a golf course and try to make it a, a disc golf course, I think we could re revolutionize the mm -hmm. game basically and make it actually yeah. like golf. And then we wouldn't need hazards everywhere. We wouldn't need OB everywhere because the game would actually be played like golf. And so we need more Maple Hill. Yeah. Well, actually, I'm 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 in contact. I'm I'm having messages with uh, an arborist right now, and one of my goals is to to selectively plant about ten good sized trees on Maple Hill wow. every year, exactly to that point. If if on hole two gold you trickle out left, in my opinion, there should be a bunch of little trees in your not. Someday they won't be little, but a bunch of trees yeah. in your way that you'll have to straddle around or throw through. So Ken exactly Climo was on the Tour Life. Yeah. Ken Climo was on the Tour Life podcast with uh, Brody and Paul. And so I was listening to it because listening to one of the greats of all time is just incredible in and of itself. The amount of knowledge that he has. And shout out to him. He's doing the USDGC coverage in 2023 for a commentary. Super pumped about that. Um, but one of the things that he was saying was when people are designing courses and they're you know, adding OB everywhere and putting it in all different spots. He was like, you have one side of your fairway that's OB and the other side of the fairway is just heavily roughed, you know, wooded, whatever, to where you kind of have to, in order to throw a good shot, you have to play aggressively towards that OB. And if you mess it up, you either go OB, but if you play it safe and you fade out a little bit too far left, you're not in just an easy par area. Like you are in a more natural OB kind of area. And I thought that was cool because you're playing what the shots are kind of designed to be. And I think that's just one thing that we're kind of harping on right now. Yeah, so kind of it could continue on forever. But have you ever played um, Simon up at Barry Falls, right? 
up in Berry Fall Dam. Yep. Did you ever play there on those holes when they had the long grass, like like hay long, like it was three feet long? Like no. Okay, that was like a true rough. Like if you and now granted, that's how their fairways yeah, were too. Five, the par five. <laughs> but they did they did cut out their fairways in a field, and if you threw off into the grass, it wasn't out of bounds. But try throwing from that was a serious like hazard. Like I, you couldn't get half half the distance you normally would. I thought that was kind of neat. Not on purpose. It wasn't that way, but it was there. The other one that I we've talked about before on the show that just say if it's crazy or not, it probably is going to come off as crazy. But we're already on this conversation. Don't make it a te- don't make it a ten meter circle. So just like golf does, right? They have different shaped greens, different shapes, and it putting surface could be really oblong. It could be like whatever, right? What if we marked out a putting area where, like, hey, if you land over here, you have to do standstill putts. So if you land over here, you don't. So like, just do you, kind of- do you mean no fall forward putt? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. Like a standstill, like you got to stand still, demonstrate your balance. your balance. And so if you if you land in the easy spot where everybody's going to throw it, let's make it a little bit tougher. Right. So now you have to stand still here. If you land in the harder spot, cool, you can jump or whatever. But just changing the, the shape of a green could do that, too. It, maybe statistically that gets tough, but you could say if they were in the green or not. I don't know if you'd have a circle, too. <laughs> but you would have like on the green and regulation or not, just like golf does. They don't have a circle, too. Right. They have a fringe? No. No, it's just, it's the green or not. So They just care about total total feet away from the pin. Yeah, we don't have a circle I, I, too except I, for the stat. Right. Yeah, which I kind of wish was done a little bit more to where it's, you know, if you make a putt from 11 to 16 feet, it says you make, or 11 to 22 feet, it says you made a 16 footer, 22 to 33, you made a 27 or 28. I wish that it was actually like, Simon just made another birdie putt. This one was from 19 feet. This one was from 23 feet because then it gives a a little bit better of an idea, but I just wish the stats were a little bit more detailed in that regards. Okay. Yeah. Moving on from but this topic. I, okay. Adam, I want to just give out. one more idea. I, I and Not that we need to praise Maple Hill anymore, but I think one of the fantastic <laughs> things do. of rough is like hole 11 at Maple Hill where you have all the pine trees. And if you're not on the landing zone and you're in all those Christmas trees, then you have maybe an obstructed uh, throw, but you're definitely obstructed with your feet. You can't really get a full run up, but the the pro part of that is that spectators can still easily see over it. The cameras can still be positioned in a place where they can see the disc come out. You still have all the airspace you can use. So I think that's a really good way, along with long grass or like small bushes uh, that can simulate a rough in disc golf compared to just woods, which, you know, we would love to have more woods, but we always talk about, you know, heavily wooded course being tough to film and get all those spectators there. So I, I think that's a fantastic balance. I would love to see more courses with Christmas trees or, I'll say kind bushes because there can be like mozzarella bushes. No, <laughs> I have uh, well, yeah. kind of. Yes. Can, can I say I personally am a big fan of the mozzarella sticks, except for the aesthetic. Okay. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad, See, that, uh, I'm I, glad I, that 50 <laughs> years ago I decided to make Maple Hill into a Christmas tree farm because that was <laughs> one of my actually it was closer to 90. But it was one of, one of yeah. the best decisions I ever made. Yeah, absolutely. Agreed. Steve, I have a question for you, actually. Have you ever thought about it? And this is something that we've talked on the podcast before is instead of different tee pad locations, like some tournaments do, or, you know, switching around tee pads every single year, extending different basket locations per day. If Maple Hill is a four day event, say days one and three are in the A position, days two and four are in the B position. Has that ever been something that's been on the radar for the MVP Open or Uh, could potentially? We've absolutely talked about it. 
and we've always decided not to do it. Obviously, <laughs> we've decided yeah, not to yeah. do it. Um, and the the main thing there is simply uh, I I am a stats geek, and I want to see this hole played. And when when Simon comes up to hole two, I want uh, Terry and Nate to be able to say, "Oh, he's he's gotten three birdies on this," and that's what we fully expect. As opposed to saying he got a birdie on this, but then we move the pin, and now we don't really know what's we can't even predict what's going to happen. A few I, years of it, though. Sh- sure, sure. <laughs> yeah. but, like I was just I was watching the Masters coverage from 2019 because I like to casually, if I'm playing some darts, I'll watch some golf or you know whatever. Um, and they were talking about how in golf they switch around the pin locations, the hole, and they were saying you know Tiger Woods has bogeyed this hole all three rounds so far. Let's see if he plays a little bit safer. So they weren't really like he bogeyed it day one and day three when it was in the B position, but day two, he bogeyed it because it was in the, you know, I think you could kind of get around that. I think still saying Simon, as long if it's not huge, significant changes, like we're not taking a pin and moving in 150 feet back and making a par three into a par four. I think if you took hole four and put it where the white's basket is, um, I think it's still down there. Yeah. It, more of the straight shot towards the water. So from four golds tee pad, if it was now more of a hyzer to it or whatever, I'm just saying. Yeah. And, and to Steve's point, it's, it'll take a while, but stats could be tracked. Yeah. But okay. Th- these are, this is all good. And I, we're going to come back to it. Well, but I, I had two questions for Simon. <laughs> I was just going to say, let's bring it back to Simon. Okay. His yeah. time's valuable. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I want to ask you your second question, Simon. Um, what was it? Oh, so I was watching on DGN. And they they are playing on a, on a golf course that's converted to a disc golf course. And they throw the disc and it goes into this spot on the course that is the most beautiful green grass anywhere in the whole course. And us, disc golf, sitting at the little kids table say, oh, that's out of bounds. We can't go there. And that hurts me as a as a disc golfer. That's the best grass on the whole course and i can't play there it's out of bounds i hate that in my opinion and i assume yours too um that was a joke i don't know your opinion in in my opinion we should design disc golf courses on ball golf courses to avoid all greens and not even go near them if they're going to make us sit at the kids table Let's just sit at our own table and pretend that the kids' table doesn't exist. Um, what? <laughs> ball, ball He's golf, trying to put your analogy together. Ball golf greens are out of bounds. Oh, right yes, now they are. They yes. have to be. Sure. Well, not if we don't play on ball golf courses, but I'm, I'm okay with us playing on ball golf courses. But let's put the T, our, our T, right right before the ball golf green, and then we just throw over it, and it's never even an issue. I don't want anybody landing or even coming close to a ball golf green because I don't want to see a disc go onto this beautiful spot, by far the best spot on the course, <laughs> and we say, sorry, okay. kids, you can't play here. You have to, what are you doing at the adults' table? Okay. You have butter on your table, and it's all messy. Hmm. Yeah, I, I see your point. I think, uh, I mean, if it was, if it makes sense to design the course where we tee off next to all the greens, I think uh, I would be okay with that. I've never thought about it like that. 
But um, I definitely don't want to be playing on the greens because then we would ruin them. And that, Correct. Then the golf course would never want us to come back, and that's not a good thing. I, I agree with that. And in, in my, I don't, I don't mind ball golf courses. Uh, I, I, they are actually they they make really good spectating disc golf courses. Um, but I do mind us throwing onto the greens, and then we can't. We're not allowed to go there. It just feels. It feels like we're little <laughs> tiny kids. I can, I can see that perspective. Um, we could talk about everything from we've joked about this before: lotioning our hands to make the sport harder. Um, <laughs> that one was always a good one. That's a great. Idea. Um, making the baskets smaller. You'd have to lotion each other's hands to make sure it's <laughs> placing fair. placing a wasp nest near strategic landing areas where you don't want to be, like things like that. You know, angry dogs tied to trees, all that kind of stuff. But. Simon, well, you, my whole point yeah, is that something. my whole point is I would love to see it's a very basic point. I would just love to see instead of an errant shot being so punished, you get an instant stroke or be left with absolutely nothing in like tight woods or a thorn bush. I would just love to see more skills getting asked. Like we need to find some way. I mean, trees could be the perfect course does exist and we're sharing parks or golf courses with other sports so it is as good i guess as it can be right now but i think if we want our live streams or our broadcasts or our post-production videos to look like a real thing i think it just has to change i think so, that's the main thing holding us back is that it doesn't look good right what do what do we consider distance drivers in the sports speed 10 and up or speed 11 and up realistically sure is that yeah. kind of so if you were to say hey and this is just thinking off the <laughs> top of my head idea. if you're to say you can only throw speed 11 or above well there's no the universal flight numbers either so that right we would have to hypothetically have only one line of discs where they're all numbered the same way uh wing wing width would be a fine way to measure that wing yeah wing width like if you yeah exactly yeah yeah, and so if you're and someone would certain... have to supervise it and referee, <laughs> we, like we would need like an official there that actually pays attention to who's throwing what this. And, yeah, <laughs> I I think Simon yeah. hit it on the head, and he he actually did a better job of wording my question, which is the courses don't don't look as good as they could look. I'm I'm in the mindset that private courses are the way of the future. Like that's what will be. People are going to start buying them, and we are seeing this right now. Dylan Cease, Chicago White Sox bought a property with the intention of making it a massive event one day he said the parking lot alone is the size of a walmart parking lot like they're starting it out from the ground up with the intentions of the future um paul and dylan purchasing this canyon or the throw down the mountain course they have intentions of getting it to the place where maybe it's on the tour with things in mind like we're talking about i think this is the way of the future like people are thinking forward it's going to take a little bit to get there the pro tour i think I heard Jeff Spring talk about it. Like for they're looking for a a hub where if they if he didn't say this, I dreamed about it. They're looking for a hub, a place to purchase their own property and build their own course the way that they want it to be for a, a championship finale. So all that's on I mean, the take way. The PDGA Center, the International Disc Golf Center, WR Jackson, Steady Ed course, the right. Jim Warner <laughs> course. And if you took Steady Ed and WR Jackson, you could have a super gold layout. Right. that one you know mix and match a couple of those but yeah i think designating actual disc golf courses um kale Vesca, 
bought his family or he bought, excuse me, he bought a golf course that is strictly used for disc golf now. There's no golfing on it. So he built a disc golf complex, which I also think is a good idea because it is now a private disc golf course. Right. So the point is, it's ha- I think it is happening, but the chances of it happening tomorrow are very slim unless, you know, the right people are listening tonight and they call an emergency meeting. Um, Simon, uh, two, two questions for yep. you. I mean, you can leave whenever you want, but two, two more questions. One came from the chat. Well, re- real quick. Yeah, go My ahead. phone's on like 5%. So in case I'm suddenly gone, my phone died. And one uh, question. I'm just going to say pre-buy. But uh, <laughs> pre- it could last pre-buy. another 15 minutes. Who knows? <laughs> pre-buy. That's good. Uh, thanks for letting us know that. Um, so someone asked, I think it was a recent, I'm trying to remember where it was, a vlog or something. It was a vlog I think you put out. Uh, you talked about worlds or something having a short course, technical course involved, some major. I think maybe that's how you said it, a major. Oh, yeah. So another great idea. Yeah. The, yeah. So the question came in. It is a great idea. So the question came in the chat. If you could pick that course right now from all the courses that you know currently, like, is there one that stands out to you? Like, that'd be a great fit. Like, wow. I don't think I've it. played many 50. Well, <laughs> I haven't played many 54 courses at all <laughs> lately. <laughs> Uh, Maple Hill Red exists. I don't. That I would, would be love crazy. to see a pro tour field play Maple Hill Reds and see what happens. It would I be think a it lot be... of fun. Wow, all star really? event, Nick and Matro exclusive. We could do a Nick exhibition it, uh, event on Wednesday. That would Here, be let crazy. me say this. My whole, um, my whole point with that statement was that i i framed it like i had a dream about how i would like the disc golf majors set and i would love there's four majors and one is the big guy like we call it the world championships in disc golf it's just always been the biggest event and the most important one for no apparent reason but it used to be a long format which gave it a reason to be the most valuable but now it's I mean, now it's five rounds, so I guess it still kind of is, but three of the majors, one should be on a windy, lots of OB, open style course. That's one style of disc golf. Another one should be, another major should be on like a WR Jackson kind of course, some open shots, some wooded shots, more technical, but still long par fours. And for Steve Dodge, some par fives going through the woods. Um, That should be one major. And then the third major should be on a short technical course, throwing putters and mids off the tee, shaping shots, more of a par three style disc golf, which is just a huge part. Like that is all that disc golf was 20, 30 years ago. And for the first 20, 30 years of disc golf existence, it was par threes only. I think in California to this day, almost most courses are par three only, no matter how long the freaking hole is. It's just the roots of disc golf. And I, I would love to keep that going in one major. Just have one major be that. Why not? And then Worlds is played on three courses where all three disciplines, I'll call it, mm-hmm. be uh, represented. And the freaking best disc golfer in the world at that point is going to win. And we're probably going to see in each major, we're going to see probably different top tens because it's different skill sets, different types of disc golf. Mm-hmm. And all types are going to be tested throughout the season. And at Worlds, they all come together and that will. That will be the the world champion, the best player in the world. And and worlds, I think that makes so much sense. I love it. And worlds would be six rounds, two rounds on each. <laughs> it, for example, yes, I think sure. worlds should be a marathon. Like it, 
I'm a huge darts fan. I'm a huge pool fan. The bigger the event is, the more of a marathon it becomes. Because, I mean, the cream rises to the top. We all know this. Like, the best player in the world should have the best chance to win the biggest tournament. That is, it's so obvious to me that that should be the case. And I know in golf, every major is four rounds. And, but in golf also, I mean, I guess the Masters has a huge prestige and is basically the one to win. But in disc golf, at least in the last 30, 40 years, the world title is everything, more than all three other majors combined. Mm-hmm. It's so there's clearly a separation there for not really a reason. And I think the reason should be more courses and more rounds. Touch touch and finesse on a short technical course is something we haven't seen. I think and some people might say it's boring to see you birdie all the holes, but I think it'd be cool to see how many messed up and didn't birdie all the holes. It'd be like, you got to do it. Like if that's really what it takes, you got to do it. And I think that'd be a great, I, I absolutely love that. Before your phone dies, another chat came in. What's your internal reflections on this season start so far? If you had to dream it up any other way, you're doing it with MVP right now and for the next nine years. But like, what are your internal reflections on the season to this point? Like, is it how you wanted it to go? I think it went much better than I could ask for. Honestly, the All-Stars event was great. Um, Not only did I play great, but also everything around it was just a lot of fun. And as a first experience on a new team i was just all around a really great week in tucson and then in vegas i mean i've struggled on those courses i kind of don't like playing there but at the same time i feel like those courses are so great because it's such a weird disc golf because all the greens are so fast like we don't really play anything like vegas at all throughout the season so i think vegas has a place I'm not sure I love it, but it definitely has a place. And it's a very unique style of disc golf that we play there. It's always windy and every green can be rolled away. I would hate to see that in every course, but I think for one a year, it totally works. Um, I I was an elite card after round one. I um, always had a great gallery. I was playing well. I think three times I was on featured cards there. Last round, I just played really bad. So I ended up in like 40th place. So it didn't seem like I had a good week, but... Overall, I felt like it was, for my first real test with the new bag, it was over my expectations, to be honest. It was Mm. really great. And then Austin, I think uh, everyone, new course, everyone was kind of uncomfortable out there, not really knowing what was going on. We were dealing with cold and wind again. I really hope that goes away for the rest of the year because (laughs) I live up here and every time I leave, I want to be like, oh, let's play in some nice weather. And it's been pretty miserable. So I have high hopes for Nashville. Um, I'm leaving in two days. Actually, Nick, you're picking me from the airport in two days. Yes, I am. What time? Nice. <laughs> One thirty. I'm landing. At okay. which airport? Okay. At what airline? No. <laughs> Somewhere okay. in Nashville. Um, but um, I think it's going to be decently nice for this weekend in Nashville, like around 60 degrees, 65. Should be mild, but better than the last two events. And cool. overall... In general, sorry. In general, I really feel this weird and new motivation and like excitement for every throw. And I'm not just saying that. I actually (laughs) feel like when I throw a bad shot, I'm excited to throw that disc again and try it in a different angle, different speed. 
every disc I grab it out of my bag, I'm like, wow, I'm just looking forward to throwing this. And I don't even really care if I throw it great or throw it kind of off. It's just like a process. And I mean, it's kind of like a cliche saying, but it's, it's the process and not the destination. And I really feel like I'm finally enjoying the process and I'm not trying to get anywhere fast. Fantastic. Um, people are loving the responses here. Uh, Simon, you, you're doing a lot, man. You got a kid, you got a wife, you're traveling, you're touring, you got a great new deal. We're happy for you, man. Um, I would say, what can people do to support you? But I think you felt supported for a while, but is there anything? <laughs> like and subscribe. Well, I just announced, I announced it a couple uh, weeks ago, actually, but I, in my vlog, I announced in my, in two vlogs ago, actually, that I joined Power Grip. That's right. Which I want to give a quick shout out. Power Grip is actually, I want to say the biggest retail store in Europe. They're a Finnish company, pretty good disc golf store, the PG. Um, I've always loved their branding. They've been around for a long time in Europe. That's why they're so big. And their their whole philosophy, like just to call your store pretty good, I think is, is genius and kind of hilarious. <laughs> and they just moved um, to the Chicago area, Bloomington, Illinois. Just opened on Friday, like three days ago, opened their first power group retail store. So yeah, I uh, partnered up with them. They also signed Big Germ, Nate Sexton, and uh, Hannah and Evelina. So it, it's a pretty cool team. And yeah, just look out for Power Grip. They're, they have big things to come. And I'm excited for some little unique and special releases with them as well. Great. Hell yeah. Well, before your phone kicks you off and it's awkward, we're going to say bye. Um, but I do think I do think that phrase, Steve, Maple Hill, a pretty good course. <laughs> I, I love it. All right, Simon, thanks for your time, man. Good luck out there. Simon, don't forget your darts. Yeah. <laughs> Steve, it's bedtime. Let's go. It's well past, Simon. What are yeah, you talking gotta about? Gotta wrap this up. All right. <laughs> I'm peace. shocked you're still up. Yeah, this is a big deal. I had some ice cream earlier. <clears throat> big deal. Oh, ice cream. Great yeah. call. I'm yeah. in. All right. Oh, sorry. I just kicked on oh. there. No, no you're not. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> All right, Simon. Timing. We're gonna let you go. All right, Nick, Simon. I'll see you. I'll see you on Wednesday and everyone. Uh, Thanks for everything. Good job. See you Peace in a couple out. Days. Good Look. job to you, Simon. Bye. Peace. All right, Simon Lazat. That was pretty cool. Um, before we get into the biggest topic of the evening, there's another big topic, and it's the jerky I've been snacking on. Smashed cracked pepper is one of the great flavors that Double G Craft Jerky provides. They have garlic lover's dream, boom sauce, which is, I think, probably my favorite i think it is it depends on the time and place but it's probably my favorite and then you got dude i just got paul Macbeth's max weight bag it's all the original but it's a massive hold on let me get it. it's just to show you the size comparison difference okay i'm gonna try to get them in frame here there you go on screen you can see it. it's almost double the size it goes six ounces or two and a half ounces. So Paul's max weight is a lot more jerky and incredible. This is tender jerky. It's so good. It's we used to eat it on air until Hannah Macbeth told us that it was not enjoyable to listen to the eating. Um, let me see. That's why you need to bring ice cream. Oh, <laughs> that's why we need to bring ice cream. But this jerky is great. Double G craft jerky. Um, big support of our show. Um, go out there and buy their jerky, not only to support them, but to give your taste buds a, a party. 
It's Steve, is there a double G craft turkey at the Maple Hill Pro Shop? Of course. There we go. If you are a course owner and you have a pro shop on your course, check out Double G Craft Jerky. So I will they admit, I was hesitant items. to bring D- Double G Craft Jerky into Maple Hill. Um, the The price points were, I, I'd, I'd never seen jerky priced this high. Um, and we brought it in and I tried it and I said, I'd never eaten jerky that was this good. I didn't understand that there was a significant difference between craft jerky and Jim's uh, gas what, station jerky, whatever gas station jerky is. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know those brands, but um, <laughs> it's the brands that I would get when I was I, I, I had I was feeling peckish. I would get some other brand, but then we brought this in, and it was it's a whole different food. I mean, mm-hmm. it was so good. And it is easily our best-selling snack item at Maple Hill. And I was nice. blown away. Number one, people love to support Garrett, which is great. Mm-hmm. And number two, the, the jerky is amazing. Like you buy one bag just to support him, and then you're just like, oh, crap, this is so good. Yeah. So, yeah, very, very good. If you got a shop, you need to get it. And if this means anything to anybody, you don't know my wife, but if you did, you hear her say, oh, it's the only jerky I like. It's the only jerky she likes. It comes in. Oh, I will. She gets excited. I actually see her get excited yeah. when I bring in a bag. Yeah. I got to have a piece, but she does not do that for any other jerky gas station or otherwise. It's no thank you. So it's a, it's a big deal. So check them out. Double G craft jerky. Thanks for that. All right. Now, why did we just have that double G craft jerky break? That seemed weird. Well, you know, Double G's been doing a lot for us. We want the supporters, to do a lot for them. Supporters of the show. <laughs> Friends of the show. Fantastic. Yeah. Just like you, Steve. So MVP open tickets go on sale when? Do you know? I do. Is that something you'd like to talk about? I, I want to, I want to make sure I'm Let's, the first to get online. I want to see some digits underneath. Let's see people guess. When it's going. it's I will guarantee it's going. They're going to open up sometime in the next three weeks. Okay. I, I can't, these backwards cameras are so backwards hard to do. Backwards camera. Let me, let me uh, play, yeah. <laughs> No, I don't want to be on. I want to, I want to see Nick and Ryan and Matt. Okay. We're guessing when it goes for sale? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think you posted something, but I missed it. I'm going to say two weeks, a week and a half. All right. Nick? I'm going to say April 15th. 15th it's tax, tax day. day and everyone's Oof. about to get their money back. That's right. And, and Evan, what do you they, say? They want to spend it. I'm going to one up Nick. I'm going to go April 16th, the day after tax day. It is, in fact, April 11th. You oh, went the I wrong way. I was close. I said a week and a half. Yeah. A week and a half. It's like, no, that would be the 12th. You said a week yeah, and a half? Next, next yeah. Tuesday. It's not even. Right? It's next like a Tuesday. week. Yeah. yeah, it's a day. It's a week it's and a day. Eight days. If you're watching this tomorrow, yeah. it's a week. April what? 10. And 11. 11. April 11. It's already 9 o'clock. To yeah. me, it's bedtime. <laughs> it is, it bedtime. is tomorrow. So It is bedtime. So in one week and a little bit more time, one week and 12 hours, mm-hmm. the uh, tickets go on sale. And we had a lot of – we put a lot of thought into how the tickets were going to work this year. I'll say, first of all, tickets for Thursday are $10 a pop. If we, if you want to come watch the best players in the world on a pretty good disc golf course, <laughs> 10 bucks will get you in the door. That's uh, We went out of our way to say, let's make this wow. affordable. 
That is nice. On top of that, at the end of the day, we have night golf, um, and we have the uh, the player fly mart and the player signings. So in addition to being able to watch, you can actually come and, and talk to the players and get them to sign some discs. And it it's I'm I'm excited about Thursday. Thursday was rainy last year, so we didn't really get to do much. This year, we're trying to blow it out of the water from the get-go. I'm tired of hearing all the commentators on DGA and say how how big the crowds are on Thursday. I want to show them what real crowds are on Thursday. Mm. So, and then the prices go up Friday to Saturday to Sunday. Um, and Matt, we we did obviously for you. We did create a very high tiered, you know, the I think it's like seven thousand dollars for a ticket. And I'm assuming, do I get to sit on the deck at top of hole eleven that I've always dreamed of? Of course, of man, course, for seven thousand. That man. is actually twelve thousand dollars, but. That you would actually own the deck. You would not. And you could sit there if you want. It's a dream of mine. We actually do have, uh, this isn't why, why I'm here, but we actually do have a lot of activations. If you want to partner with the pro tour, just, I think you can just press that. My name here on the, wait, that doesn't do it. Pressing the name on the screen. Yeah. No. Just press my name on the screen and that should message me. Um, but we do have a lot of activations. So if you have a company and you want to advertise it all year at Maple Hill or during the uh, MVP open uh, online or on site, um, we have a lot of opportunities. We're getting really creative. We're trying to make our activations with, with our, with the, uh, with our partners, things that bring the spectators joy. So for example, if you want to take a group of people to hole fives pin, which is a place that basically nobody's ever been able to go, you can sponsor that and take groups of people about 20 to 30 at a time. They'll be there for two, two groups. And then you usher, we'll usher, we have, we have security cards that will usher them out and then usher the next group in. And you can put your name on that and you can have your brand rep there helping people go onto the course. And like, there's lots of really fun things that we're doing, trying to make this even more spectator friendly. It's uh, is it still the uh, it's the final playoff event? It is the final. I, there, I don't think there's any disc golf tournaments after it. Is there? Right. So it's, ever it, at well, all. They had to shift. They had it's to the shift. Final disc the, golf tournament. There's only majors and tour championships to be to be clear. But I'll go along with the joke, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> Right. But they did shift. My point is they shifted Worlds and Smuggler's Notch this year, right? Because Correct. Yeah. Worlds is two yeah. weeks before us. And, and then the two weeks after, I think, is USDGC. But the first playoff event is now out at, is it Great D-Glo. Lakes? D-Glo. Yeah, yeah. D-Glo. Okay. So yeah. it's different. But you you are you used to be the final crowning NT event before there was a pro tour, yep. right? I remember yep. that. At some point. And you are now what I'm calling the final crowning playoff event of the Disc Golf Pro Tour, besides the championship finale. Yeah, yeah I would disagree with that strongly. All right. But you, you can do You're that. You're the semifinals. Semifinals, the last event before you get to the finals. We are excited to be a part of the Pro Tour. All right, we are too. There you go. <laughs> um, so I actually have some other news. Do it. I Wow, do I have to give you music for this? Yeah, Let's this. this um, I don't know when. Don't do it. Oh, okay. Go ahead. I wish I had some ice cream. Like, that's ice cream music. <laughs> Give it to us, Steve. The MVP Open in 2023 is presented by OTB Discs. 
Can I go comment Whoa. on your channel right now to go win it? <laughs> OTB is presenting this. Yes. So it is the MVP Open presented by OTB. Wow. We're on the East Matt, Coast. I have our clickbait title. On the West Coast, we have OTB dis o OTB Open presented by MVP. And on the East Coast, we flip it. And uh, and Sean, Jack, and I are basically going to be in a battle for the rest of our lives to see who can have a better spectator experience. Wow. How massive is this? This is very massive. You you feel like when you got that confirmation, you were happy. <laughs> <laughs> so we've worked. Now, uh, I, I, love, I love Simon. I love that he's working with Power Grip, a pretty good disc golf store. OTB, only the best discs. Um, so I don't, you know, you can judge those any way you want. Um, that was supposed to be a joke. There's, I think Dan at home is probably laughing right now. Well, what about Ryan Definitely. sitting on show with us? <laughs> Ryan, you know what's oh, interesting? That's I'm, I'm smiling. Yeah, there, yeah that's about all you got. Um, but in all seriousness, we uh, we worked with Danny last last year um, and expanded the OTB presence at Maple Hill with the OTB wall on hole eight. Right. And those bleachers were supported by OTB and we're expanding all of that again this year. And I was talking to Danny and I said, it would be, I think it would be beautiful symmetry to have the OTB open presented by MVP and the MVP open presented by OTB. And, um, and he, he agreed and was, he jumped on board very quickly. It was a it was a wonderful conversation, uh, and basically all of us just looking forward to how can we make everything bigger and better. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's it's our it's obviously an event in my hometown, and it's just awesome that way. But people coming from all over and the actual the experience very high, and it just keeps getting better. So yeah. it's out it's out of control, Steve. So we'll, we'll have uh, we had night golf last year. Um, with the, I should Which say, was a we blast, had, by the way. It, yes, and, and we are going to the Statmando crew. We're going to turn it, it up to eleven this year. Wow! On, on night golf, we have night golf Thursday, Friday, and Saturday nights. We have um, putting in the big barn, uh, courtesy of Eric, supported by Eric. Um, Eric, uh, they hate cancer and they love dogs. Mm. So mm -hmm. shout out to them. Um, improve. I mentioned the improved bleachers on eight. We're also going to be improving the bleachers on hole fourteen, courtesy of Thought Space. Um, and we're going to have a new hole. I should say this. We might, <laughs> we might have a new hole nine gold. So, um, everybody knows Ooh. that hole hole nine has been a, a sort of a, a mini thorn in my side for quite a few years. Um, it's basically a par 3.5. And, uh, so we're, we're putting another T about 150 to 200 feet left along the pond. So, it's going to be a bomb to get to the top of that hill and have a birdie look through it for your three. We could almost make Very it a par cool. five. But we, we know Maple Hill will never have a par five. Um, um, I, I, I want to put a caveat on that. Uh, maybe the same one Matt's about uh -huh. to do. You can do it, Steve. You can do it. No, I, I was going to say unless the rules are changing. Or exactly. Yeah. If they change the rules, I will happily add a par five. Okay. Actually, if they change the rules, I'll make all of the holes a par five, and it won't change any of them. <laughs> That's right. They're all the same par. The rules have changed. He shot a minus 48. <laughs> well, yeah. speaking of changing up hole nine a little bit, any other changes that we can be on the lookout for course-wise? Um, hole nine is the big one. Um, we are looking to change hole seven. 
Um, but this is primarily for okay. spectators. We're going to move the T back about 50 feet, and we're going to move the pin forward about 50 feet. So the hole will play okay. roughly the same. Uh, there are some the the, the drive is going to be a little bit tighter because there's some trees on the left side that are going to be a little more into play because the T's moved back. But uh -huh. theoretically, the hole will play about the same. What that's really going to be doing is um, expanding the spectator's zone between holes 8 and 14 and incorporating hole 7 into it. So we've got a nice big open area there. We're talking to some people to see if we can get them to sponsor that whole area and then just sort of invite people to be there. They can go over to hole 8, assuming they have the plus 8 holes on their pass. They can go to hole 14 Excuse me, they can watch the drives coming up hole seven. It's going to be a really nice spectator spot. And the other thing that that does is that actually makes holes, the pin of one, the pin of six, and the drive of seven are all, again, in another nice spectator area. So that's going to be our fourth spectator area that's going to be developed over the next couple of years. Gotcha. It's just like I said. And T-pad moving back. To its original position with a new, a new deck like it's, the old school one. It's at its original position. 18 golden? I'm, I'm joking with you, Matt. I'm just I'm I was like, thinking, I'm like, I'm like I'm what like, am I missing? Really? I know I got into the sport a little late, yeah. but... Um, I, for the record, I, Steve, I disagree I, with Nick. I'm just going to say that. I, I I'm on sponsor, Team Steve on hole 18. I will hmm. sponsor to rebuild that deck where it used to be and have that be the hole again. You're hmm. talking about What's the white tee? No, the where the, it used to be gold, now it's blue. Blue, okay. Blue, yeah. You can so sponsor like that. I want to rebuild that tea and make it gold. No, 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 no. You can sponsor it. <laughs> well, <Okay. laughs> yeah. Everyone's got an opinion, right? And then I'm sure course designers and course owners well, love I, hearing. I these think opinions. that last year proved that hole 18 is designed pretty darn well. I've, I'll call it a pretty good golf hole. It's pretty good. It's a pretty good golf hole because you've got three guys on the tee, all of them pretty much knowing if I birdie, I win. And none of them did. It is. They, they, it was an exciting, yes. It And and obviously, you can argue that maybe Corey Ellis should have. And if it wasn't for the win, maybe he would have. But uh, mm -hmm. it, I think the hole performed perfectly. Um, one, no, one it's set up for a yeah. very exciting finishing hole. And and uh, your point is valid, Nick. It is a very difficult final hole, or just let's just say a difficult par four. And if you go for it, you're being a little silly unless you had a ridiculously good drive. But mm. that hole is designed for round four of the MVP Open, a DGPT playoff event. And there's two or three or more players who have an opportunity to win, and you have to go for it. And that's what that hole was designed for. And it did just that. So in that regards, it is very good. I actually don't. I, I crap on the hole all the time more in a joking sense. I actually do. If I throw a very good drive, which happens here and there, I do have the forehand to be able to get it onto the green. And so there are times in practice where I've been able to birdie it. But it's something when I personally, and this is just my skill level, if I'm ever playing a tournament there, it's get into the middle, get up top, get onto the green, and try to just get my four and walk away, which is okay. There's a lot of holes like that, especially if I go to any tour events because I don't have as big of an arm as a lot of the pros, and that does not mean it's a bad hole. So let I just 
I loved the old position. It was just cute. <laughs> um, let's do this. Is my second trivia question of the night, I believe. I don't know who got the last. Oh, Matt, you won the last one, Ooh, which was the uh, April 11th. Yes, I was close. So, oh. second trivia uh, on the final day, what percentage of um, the MPO field birdied hole 18? Well, Evan probably has a good. There was idea a cut. I was How many people played the final day? 35, 40? Scores. No, there's no, no cut. No, there was no cut this year. Oh, Rain. that's right. That's right. It's going to be a but, very uh, small percentage. Every, everybody in that field was very good anyway. I don't know yeah. if 7% yes. or less, 5%. It's going to be small. Okay, so Matt gets seven uh, and five. <laughs> six and a six. Uh, I'll go last, Nick. Do you okay. know the answer, Evan? Um, I'll say no, but okay. I, I just been scanning through a little bit. Okay, I'll say I'll say ten percent. Uh, yeah, I think that's a little high, but I'll say ten percent. I think it was a little. I think it was closer to about fifteen to twenty, but I'm going to guess that fifteen is my guess. So I I believe the answer is twenty. Wow. Uh, the last time I looked it up, I, okay. I think it was twenty. Maybe somebody else played since then, but um, I I, I literally have it up on a PDG Live right here. Um, oh, seventeen birdies. I guess they actually don't say percentages, yeah. but 17 out of uh, 81 players who actually played. Okay, so that's between 15 so. and 20. I thought, okay, I thought there was only 60 people, and this is my own fault, but I mean, we're talking on the MPO side, yep. correct? Yep. 20.987. 20, I thought there was 20, 60 people yeah. that played. And in yeah. my opinion, 20, 20% birdies on the final hole of a par four at a Pro Tour event, that's perfect. Because you're you're those top few players, you're really challenging. And I think the most important thing to build off of that, Steve, is this is the top ten. The top ten, how they played hole eighteen right. on the final round. Oh, I love this. I looked was, at this stat. Yeah, yeah. So par, bogey, birdie, birdie, triple bogey, par, 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 birdie, par. That's a fairly good spread. Yeah. That's what that's fifty percent pars, three thirty percent birdies, and twenty percent were bogeys are worse like that for the top 10 that sounds pretty dang good to me yeah yeah it's not a, if you're in the top 10 it's not a gimme birdie even though you are in the top 10 that weekend yeah so do you have another question matt you no, i'm i'm thinking making sure we're not missing anything else that you, it looks like we, you're trying to switch the show you're trying to no. think about switching the what show. do we want to promote for you you're oh. a guest on the show and we've talked about a lot but is there anything we're missing yeah what is it that we're missing? <laughs> I think uh, the match play event. Are we jumping way too far? Like that's I, that's around the corner. Before, yeah, go ahead. Before we get to the match play, which is super duper exciting. Mm -hmm, People mm -hmm. hang on about two minutes because yeah. I'm just going to run through. I just thought you might fall asleep. But look what time. I have, it's I'm I've already texted Jess. He hasn't I'm even sorry. had dinner yet. That his wife made. Uh, I, I texted Jess. She's probably in bed already. Um, but uh, people text me all the time saying, "When can I register for the AM side?" Yeah, and oh, this, this is right. This is huge. This is we have huge. a huge announcement. I'm going to break news right now. Go ahead, Steve. What is that music? It's just your intro music. That's our announcement music. It needs some work. Am I supposed to talk during this? Yeah. Or yeah. Okay. It seems like I should wait. Nope, the floor is yours. Okay. So the AM side, uh, we are not going to be holding an AM side event at Maple Hill. What we are doing, I've worked with MVP for the last few months, and we nailed this down about a week ago. We're going to be running what's called the most, which is the MVP Open Satellite Tournaments. 
And we're going to have 11 tournaments across the country, across the world, actually, because we've got one in Canada, one in Sweden, one in the UK, and eight across the US, mostly in the East, but some, some on the West and, and I think the North. Um, and what is going to happen at these events? Uh, 72 players maximum per event, one day, two rounds. And the player, the MPO, the MPO, the MA1 and the FA1 player who have the best round ratings at these events will win an all expense paid trip to the MVP Open. I, th- I think this is the point where we say, but wait, there's more. <laughs> yeah. In addition to, you won't get to play. You're not in the MVP mm-hmm, Open. Mm-hmm. You are a VIP mm-hmm. at the MVP Open, which arguably I'd, I'd rather do that than play. But <laughs> Me too. That kind of makes sense. <laughs> but, um, however, you will get to play in a team MVP exhibition match on Wednesday. The MA1 player will play with Simon, James, and Raven Newsom. The FA1 winner will play with Sarah, Madison, and Stacy Haas. And you will play a team MVP exhibition match with those players. And very I'm, cool. I'm very excited to see whoever gets that, you know, maybe a thousand three rating at, at both at those two rounds. And then we fly them in, we put them up at a hotel, we Uber them back and forth to the tournament each day. They have four-day VIPP, VIPP, whatever that whatever is. Whatever that is. <laughs> VIP <laughs> yeah. passes. Um, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's what VIPP is. Oh, it's yeah. a VIP pass. <laughs> um, and then they get to, and then additionally, they get to play around with, with some really great people. Wow. So. Oh, oh, yeah. wait. There's, There's a more. little bit more. <laughs> Second place oh. also gets a trip, but they don't get to play with the players. Well, awesome. Um, where can they find out more about this? Is there anywhere listing this yet? Or is this totally exclusive brand new right now? Nobody in the moment. The website is being (laughs) built right now. Um, I don't know. Oh, we did say when we'd announce it. So can we scratch all that? (laughs) Yeah. You did not hear that. The chat's going off. So I believe we're looking, uh, we're going to announce this in mid April. Wonderful. So I might, I might've jumped the gun a little bit. Well, there you go. So you have a very busy April. Who? You have a very busy April. This with has everything been a little crazy between Birdie, yeah. the MVP Open yeah. Am side, the MVP, uh, and then um, uh, what? And then the Maple Hill Invitational. There seems to be a lot going on, and I just finished my honeymoon. Well, oh, very yeah. cool. Dang. That must have been nice. It was great. We spent twelve days out in California, visited Sean Jack in San Francisco. Went to DGA, visited with Scott Kesey, uh, went down to Santa Barbara, had dinner with Stork and his wife, and then um, nice. and then went down to San Diego and hung out with Mark Varaki, the diver who yep. just ran the Daniel Bow. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah, it was a wonderful trip. Nice. Yeah. And then outside cool. of those four dinners, we had eight days and... Yeah. all the other time to be on our honeymoon <laughs> that's Jeff, pretty funny nice. you're like we had a great jess, honeymoon jess was just like yeah. kind of, we spent meeting with, with tonight steve yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that brings so me funny. back to when i was dating my wife and i used to think that dates were on the disc golf course oh 
and like that's all I would do. I'd be like, hey, there's a league tonight. You want to come? <laughs> Eventually, it was like, when are we gonna have a date? <laughs> you know? Uh, that was, yeah. Hey, anyway. can I brag about my wife a little bit, real yeah, quick? Yeah, I, I hope she's listening mm-hmm. while she's sleeping. Somehow, <laughs> there's somewhere. no chance okay. of that. All right. Um, later. Well, I shouldn't I, say just later. You can say. Yeah. yeah. I'll listen. fast forward. Where are we? And I have to find this. Well, we are two hours, hours and twenty minutes. In. In. It does seem like <laughs> two two hours and eighteen minutes. So. Um, my wife, uh, didn't ever, obviously just like most people that I've dated in my life, never knew about Frisbee before we met. And, uh, and she's like, what do you do? And I was like, well, that's kind of funny. And so, uh, I told her I managed a disc golf course and, um, and so she went out and played and we've played probably a dozen times at this point. She, you know, she, she's willing to throw, she throws for the dogs and that's, that's her, that's her, her Frisbee experience. But. There's a um, there's a par two course at a at a brew pub down in Virginia near where my daughters live, and we were down there and around hole four, 150 foot hole, she zings it pin high about a foot to the right of the basket, and it was just like oh, you just want her to put it in. The next hole she aces. <laughs> oh, she did. She did <laughs> the next hole. Yes. Now she's hooked. And she no. was she did the whole bowling thing where it's flying really? and she's just like ah. She's leaning. Yes. Yeah. And to hear her tell the story now, she throws, she says, I knew it was going in as soon as I right. released it. I got to hear the that. story. I got to hear it. Next time I see her, tell me about that ace. Yeah. It's great. She knew it was going in I the knew. second it left her hand. I just knew. It was great. Good for her. Spectacular. So that's the am side, the pro side, and the and birdie pro. We've touched on those. I do have one more thing. We've already do done the par fives. And the uh, the ball yep. golf greens. <laughs> yeah. So um, the last thing is the Maple Hill Invitational. And if you know anybody going to college in the Northeast that wants to come, we have two more spots available for regional teams. So it's a it's a team match play event. We invite some of the best schools from national. Actually, college nationals is going on this weekend. Yeah. So we invite some of the best teams from college nationals to come up to Maple Hill and compete against the regional teams up here. Uh, guys like uh, WPI, RIT, RPI, um, UMass Dartmouth, and uh, and there's a couple of others. And I apologize. I, do, I can't quite remember. There, there was right. I saw it, and then it just sort of flitted <laughs> it was away. There for a second. I swear, Roger Williams is another one. Is that is that in Providence, Rhode Maybe? Island, Rhode, Rhode Island? Yeah, I assumed it was in Providence. I it's in Rhode Island, um, yeah. but anyway. So uh, last year, Missouri and Ferris State came up, and uh, and they they blew us all out of the water. And then they they had a very good final match, um, and it's it's just super exciting because they're playing match play. It's it's kind of modeled a little bit after the New England team challenge. But they're just teams of four, so they're just three matches: two double, one double, and two singles. And um, you know, win win two of them, and you advance. It's it's really really exciting. And uh, if if you're available and around April 30, 29th and thirtieth, uh, come on out to Maple Hill and watch. We have a sig- I think we have a significant amount of listeners, and anything over you know ten is pretty good for us. So like, but anyone who's listening, yeah, if you're if you're on a college, if you're at a college, you have a disc golf team or can create a disc golf team, reach out to Steve. That was a lot of fun to be a part of last year. I'm looking forward to swinging by again. Um, we do have a, we do have a significant media plan this year. Um, nice. And we'll be putting out a uh, 45 to an hour 20, one, one show about the entire event, right. a little nice. sort of a mini documentary. Uh, we've got a good team lined up. Uh, anyway, awesome. 
five, five to seven camera operators. We've got an editor and producer who will be doing all the interviews. Um, and actually, he came up with a really good idea. You guys can tell me if this is a good idea or not. It is. It's a pretty it's good a idea. It's a pretty good idea. Yeah. Um, he wants to put a camera operator in the pond for the, the pond jump. At the end of the invitational, the team that wins jumps into the pond as a team. And uh, he wants to put a camera operator in the pond with a camera, like getting ready absolutely be, getting ready to get splashed. In fact, MVP yeah, okay, Open so that'd be a great idea. Matt, yeah. do you want to be that guy? <laughs> Let's just put the GoPro on my head and I'll just swim around. We'll call it Matt Cam. It's like think, the view. Think about well, getting in the pond for any amount of time in April. Yeah, it'll be nice, right? Oh, the ice free bath. Discs. Yeah. Free discs, whatever you collect. Discs, yeah. 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 Well, Steve, that's a great idea because all the pawn jump photos are from behind. Like yeah. as much as I, you know, love seeing Simon's back, you know, it's cool <laughs> to see his facial expression <laughs> when he's jumping in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And yeah, of course, the, the team that wins it, you know, you get to see the excitement, you know, yeah, that is a it, good idea. it is a great idea, but I don't want to be in the pond. That is just cold. You got to have yeah. a wetsuit on yeah. or something. A little rowboat. So that's it a for me. Rowboat. <laughs> I'm out. Yeah. I know there's. Oh, wait, we gave the ice cream cones to your kids, didn't yeah, we? we did. So I don't even have, have another, another ice cream cone. Ah. Yep. Well, we might have the one chip challenge left. You can eat that thing. <laughs> Steve's like, what's that? <laughs> we'll do that another I'm, time. Sometimes I'm glad I don't watch this show. Yeah. <laughs> that was rated as some of people's highest moments for the show ever, watching intern Ben in that yeah. seat eat a very hot chip. So, Oh, yeah. that's I, do, I shouldn't do that. You, like mayonnaise is spicy yeah. to me. Oh, boy. Well, it depends how See, old it is, probably. <laughs> a fellow wimp like myself. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, let's do this. Let's just close it out so Steve can leave when the show closes out. And Nick, what do we got to wrap up here with? Oh, he froze. His eyes closed and the camera shut Look. off. We'll see if he comes back. If he, I'm back. He's back. That's weird how that happens. But you're back, it, so we had and close it, it like out. Give it like 30 Cl seconds. Close it out, man. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm going to really quick before we start. Oh, you already got the music started. Hey, really quick. If you guys are big, big fans of Zach Melton, DiscuraDG.com just dropped Zach Melton's latest jersey that we did a co-collab with. So check it out, DiscuraDG.com. Use anyone on the team. They have a 10% discount code. But Nick and Matt also has a 10% discount code. So DiscuraDG.com if you want to help support Zach Melton. But anyways, thank you everybody for tuning in on this wonderful Monday night. Simon Lazat and Steve Dodge coming in to just explain all the incredible things in the world. And Steve, the vast knowledge that you have in the sport and everything that you're doing for it does not go unnoticed, especially on the Nick and Macho side. So once again, everybody, thank you for tuning in to episode 132. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe on the video. We're almost at 9,000 subscribers, which I just noticed tonight, and that's pretty incredible. Might have to try to do a giveaway. Tell someone you love them this week. We'll catch you on the next one. That number's a little low, man. We took a year off over at Foundation, so our momentum's we picked back up. It didn't hurt having the exclusive Simon interview. I think that got us about 4,000 more subs. Probably. But yeah. you're right. Um, this back. is. Can we now call this Nick and Matt show a pretty good show? I don't know. Pretty good it's, it's hard to say, but Nick, you're awesome. I like it. Steve, you're awesome. Evan, you're awesome. Uh, intern Ben, we miss you. Simon, thanks for coming on. And I got to find out which button to close. Here we go. Peace out, everybody. Thank you. The Nick and Matt Show, a disc golf podcast designed for you, the disc golfer. Find the Nick and Matt Show on your favorite podcast platforms or join the conversation live on YouTube.